welcome back to the greatest DC comic show this side of the source wall. I'm the Cape Devader, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 422, Even 422. Steven. We're on the even numbers, Eric. It makes me feel better. But now is it like that it I'm now. used to the odd numbers now? I don't know. Before we end up starting, hey, welcome all you weirdos here and welcome to the Get Fresh Crew. <laughs> and with that, we'll give a little shout out. And RIP, George Perez ended up passing today and that's Danny, a 2022 for the comics deal it had been something that was gonna come it was inevitable yep. but even when it happened i, I kind of got a little sad and it happened on free comic book day uh to kind of put a little bit of a damper on that but you know the whole deal you celebrate his work oh, and yeah. his life and he is awesome he is so good and even on the patreon right now we're going through a bunch of things that he had done the crisis on infinite earth and now the jla avengers deal and it really is when you're reading that doesn't feel as dated as you would think because of the idea that he draws pretty much the best version of almost every character that he does. So it, it is sad that he's passed along. Uh, but uh, the thing is, it seems like he had been sick for a while. So maybe he is in a better place right now. But Hopefully. with all of that, here we are with the deal. Now I feel sad. <laughs> I'm gonna, well, let's Look, get that honest, to you know, sad before get us this. going now. I know, but it just now everything is like a downer. But with all of that, we're going to celebrate DC Comics tonight, I think, maybe, with right. a bunch of books here, including the free comic book day, Dark Crisis Story. It's very quick. I just thought we should go through that since it did come out today as we're recording and all of that rigmarole but before we get into that let me remind everybody to go over to twitter at weird science dc follow us we'll follow you back go over to our website weird science dc comics.com where it reviews for almost all the issues that come out each and every week from dc comics whether dc wants us to or not eric i don't know about you but i, I think that they might be trying to put a little kibosh on us that's just me and i think that they're getting angry with us but with that they shouldn't though honesty eric that's what i say is the best policy. I, I made that up. Time, then? <laughs> I'm like Deathstroke. You should say to me, did you make that up? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Honesty is the best policy. Well, I say it's the best policy. I'm not saying it's always my first go-to policy. I do realize it Even is the, the idea best. Of always though. never your first go-to. <laughs> no, it isn't. I'm, I'm better than Tanya, though. Tanya ends up where a lie <laughs> is just waiting in the wings. We ended up where we had to get a new credit card. Because our kids end up buying too many Madden points, right? So we end up deciding the only way we can stop them, because you Kick can't out. hope to stop them, really. You only can contain them. Maybe that. I get mad, but Tanya, she won't crack the whip. So I said, we're getting a new card. We end up, Tanya lies then and says that the old card's been stolen. We didn't need to do that. No. Then we go to pick up the new card, and I have my license. It is expired. I don't know if that surprises you, but it is expired. But there it is. There's my ID. So I end up giving it to the guy. He's doing the things we'd already called. We're already getting this card. We're just there to pick it up. And he's typing. And he goes, oh, this is an expired license. You have uh, a new one. I said, no, no, no. I just, With the shutdown, I mean, I'm still blaming shutdown. I, I, I haven't gone and gotten my, my new I one. I lied and said this, yeah. just like well, Tanya lied, because that's true. why I'm here. No, that's the thing. It is why. I mean, I just, or I'm lazy. Yeah. But it is that It's because it shut down two years it ago. That's why up, I haven't done it. It it. Ended up going right in the middle of the shutdown. I didn't want to go to get the picture. But I said, no, basically, I said, that's what I have. And he says, okay, that's fine. Starts typing in the computer still. And then Tanya goes, oh, no, no. Well, we we have another one at home. 
but it was in his pants and it was watched. So I think it's a why? Why are you doing this? Like I, I don't agree. mind lying for summary, but when you end up making more work for yourself, then then it's not a good lie. And she ended up doing that. And I looked at her and I actually put my foot down. I mean, I slant and said, "No, we didn't. We don't have one." She huffed and left. She of course, walked out, went out in the car. The guy just looked at me. I'm like, "Whatever, dude. Just give me the card." So we ended up getting it, and then she got oh, upset. Yeah, and also the idea where she said it was stolen, thinking that somehow she's going to get some of those Madden points. And it's not even Madden points. I say that as a general. <laughs> it's whatever gaming thing is going on now. Yeah, so she says there's I like, do you know they're going to look into that? And she, it just drives me nuts. But hey, I don't even know where we were. Go over to that Twitter. Also, uh, go over to our Instagram, which is Weird Science Comic. You can get a bunch of neat little pics there, like the dudes on the grams. Also, then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can help support us for all of this nonsense. Maybe get more talk about Tanya and the credit card. I don't know. I'm not probably telling not, her, but probably not. But you end up going there. And one of the big things that you get among the plethora times eight podcasts that we do each week, you end up getting our Patreon only DC Comics badass spotlight show of the week, Eric. It is where the badass level Just of the, right the Patreon, it does, it really goes up. <laughs> They get to pick uh, in a poll that's all of the comics of that week. They get to pick two books that we then feature on a Patreon-only Spotlight episode. comes out every Thursday night, usually around an hour or so this past week, an hour and eight minutes, while we talked about Monkey Prince, number four, a Nubia Coronation special, number one. It was special. It, It was so special, Eric, that I just said, where is all tomb? And the stupid submarine, and that it seems like we're going to get that next week, Eric. We're going to get a little all to the next issue action. of Wonder Woman. Yes, we will, Eric. That's about what time. you were hoping, right? Yeah, I'll talk to you about that later. But with all of that, this is also a celebration of, as I said, weirdos, get fresh crew, uh, uh, and also the badasses because this is their roll call, Eric. Are you excited? You ready for the show? It's kind of crazy. You, seem, you seem like you're like, what's going on here? What are we doing? Here are the badasses. Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Batdad Mitchell, the Annihilator, yep. Ted Probst, Isla Punchline, Stuart, Michael S. Forrest, Pauly Cam, Joseph Logstick, Matt Razor, T-Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Eric Red, Matches Malone, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Bertosco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rake, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Aldrin Stoja, Nick Adams, Ruben, Ruben's all excited. His Sounders won some sort of championship in soccer, is. Eric, and oh. we, we don't know or care, right? Carlos, No Wolf, Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Manship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Amark, Abrandi, Murray B, Nearer, and Double Aaron. Shout out to all-time great Reggie up Ooh, there. Boom. And it is, it I is sad. Neil we ended Adams up, and George Perez. I was just going to say, we just had Neil Adams, now George Perez, and Reggie's colleague. Damn you, you know, 2022. Bre- breaking them up between them. I don't know why they're fighting. And if I would say, if the two of those guys are fighting, I would guess that Neil Adams started it. Because George Perez, I'm he seems so. too nice, right? He seems like such a nice guy. 
Uh, but yeah, going we'll back to the roll call there. though, what the hell is a sounder? Uh, a sounder that is the Seattle soccer team. Eric, no, I mean They're like what sounders. is a sounder? What do I know? I'm just I, sitting I here thinking know. about the idea of people in Pickens, and they're like, the thing is, I've been saying this for years. I don't what's know what the hell a Philly, Philadelphia Philly is. I'm telling you, I have <laughs> no idea. Like, are we little horses? Flyer? Yeah, what's a flyer? What's what's an eagle? Flyers? Like, but if you're going to pick a name like that, here's the the Seattle Sounders. Maybe there is some kind of regional aspect to it that makes I'm sense to the area. I'm saying it's like, like the that, Puget Sound, maybe. and then so they're there, and you call them the Sounders. I just want somebody to come along with a team name. They're going to come out like, who are you? Oh, we're the winners. Well, Suck they have the, the new hockey team, the Kraken. That's pretty cool. That right? is kind of cool. And then especially if like their the mascot's Kraken. name was Phil. Oh, my God. It'd be the best. <laughs> Phil McCracken. Down, down, when you get down to the final oh, moments goodness. of the game, you have a big banner or something on the freaking Jumbotron that's going unleash the Kraken or something along oh, those yeah. lines. Oh, I'm sure that they have. Amazing. They, they probably end up where if you have any face-off within the last five minutes and it's close, I bet you they have unleashed the Kraken. Guys I want horns to sound, sound like to come out of fucking seashells or something, some weird oh, shit like that. I thought that you wanted the plumbers crack things. Guys are pulling pants down. Everybody's arrested. There's problems. But yeah, huh. he was telling me one of the okay. big things to tie it all back in the comics is he ends up having seats at the Sounders game. Eric, he's fancy. He is like three seats away from G. Willow Wilson and ended up was like celebrating with her. During that, she's become a huge Sounders fan. I guess she lives in Seattle and is very into the team. It's soccer, Eric. It's soccer. So, uh, you know, take it as you will with a grain of salt. Right? I know. He gets into it. A lot of people in the Get Fresh crew uh, uh, are into a lot of that soccer stuff. That, that you have. I don't know. Right? I, like, you sent me a freaking hockey clip earlier today where some dude just got level and it was Paul a terrible Korea. freaking hit. And the thing is, I watched it. I'm like, yeah, that dude died for an instant until his freaking, you know, his soul was put back in his body on the ice. But you saw on YouTube, that, didn't you? I did. I did see that. Yeah. But I don't know YouTube and I see these basketball players and soccer players or football players across the pond. But the idea where they just take dives left and right and they are a disgrace to any kind of sporting event. I'm like, why would anybody come and watch you when you do this shit? Now, I, I actually, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo could probably get a gold medal for diving here. There's a little, there's a little <laughs> like, are these athletes you. or actors? I don't no, know they, anymore. They, they, their arms fly up in the air. I, I used to watch a lot of Premier League stuff in my youth, but now I've kind of gotten away with it. Paul Korea got his whole life wrecked oh by Scott Stevens. I mean, and <laughs> he came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden... He pops back. And the thing to is, life. if you think about it, this this clip that we're talking about, this guy came out of nowhere and essentially did that Doctor Strange hit you that knocks your soul out of your body. He did. He also did the exact same thing to Eric Lindros later. I mean, that was Scott <laughs> Stevens. If you are, this oh, is yeah, Scott very Stevens. Deep, That's right. Yeah. This is very deep dive hockey stuff. But I hate Scott. I love Paul Korea and you actually in that clip. I ended up for some reason was watching a bunch of hockey clips again last night, and I happened on that. It's one of the best things because I don't know if you watched the other one. Paul Korea comes back that game and scores a goal. And nice. there is no way that'll ever happen again. They would never allow a guy to come back into a game after that nonsense. And he ended right, up all like the concussion problems he had previous to that. He had already had that. He said he doesn't remember that whole week. That's the Stanley Cup final there. And he doesn't even remember the last two games of it or anything like a week later. He's all wrecked. But hey. And now I say this, I'm like, maybe athletes should take dives, so that doesn't happen. Yeah, I know. I mean, that <laughs> wasn't a dive, though. It was a cheap hit, too. I'm telling you, where's our hockey podcast? I got so angry. But I, when I was watching it, I thought, ooh, Eric will like this. This is like an exorcism. Or it was so putting, weird. It's like putting a soul back into a man's body. It was so crazy. But 
With all that, we're going to continue on. We're not going to be talking about Paul Korea, Scott Stevens. Maybe it'll come up. Or the Sounders. It might. Or the Sounders. Or the Sounders. Even though later we will have an attack and a weapon. I think it was in Test Force Z that I could end up saying it might be the Sounders. But when we end up getting to that, maybe we'll talk about it. I'll forget, though, Eric, because we're going to go off. We have a bunch of books. Like I said, we're going to talk a little free comic book day, Dark Crisis, a lot of Batman. But we'll do Shadow that War. right about now. It was a night like this, about 600 years ago, raged down the last arrest, and its crazy neon glow. Now after all these years, he's close to being dead, about to share silence, Deathstroke shot him in the head. Started the Shadow War, started the Shadow Everybody is the shadow war. Race no more and tell your soul. Everybody is the shadow war. Camp chases on I saw. Everybody is the shadow war. What that said was uncomfortable. Ah, yes, here we are, Eric, and this is Shadow War. And in my mind, I would love to think that Morris Day in the Time ended up singing that song, but it was, was, the not was. The is, I think of Morris Day in the Time dancing in the background oh, yeah. the entire time That's I hear That's all I this. think about. Every time I hear that song, even the real one, I think of Morris Day in the Time, which maybe we'll have like, to use it one Jungle of their Love songs. Too much? It goes way too much with Jungle Love, which is awesome, which is such a good song. I love Morris Day and the Time. At one point, even more than Prince, but then I kind of wised up, Eric. I still like him as a <laughs> separate times, entity. Honestly, it could go A or B, depending on how I'm feeling that day. And that is true. But yeah, we're here to talk a little Shadow War, but out of nowhere, to begin with, we're going to do something that we usually don't do. We usually don't talk about the, the free comic book The reason we usually don't talk stuff. about free comic book day is because they've been putting out the new 52 Suicide Squad number one for like the I last five years. Shocked. And the funny thing is, on our Patreon, we end up having you know, different shows and things like that. And we have a DC Comics back issue show. And I used to, you know, have themes where I wanted to go. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to do some older free comic book day stuff? So I go through each year. I'm like, Suicide Squad number one. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Every year they were throwing that one out there. So, yeah, we had already talked about that way back. So why do that again? But the last this... one I remember really enjoying, I, th- I say that, you know, I think it was probably the blackest night. But the last one, I don't remember getting that. I just remember like the... The idea of the prelude, the blackest night that really got me involved in getting back in the comics, even though I've been out for a little while. But even before that was the free comic book day prelude to the final crisis that they had, because that really just grabbed a hold of me. It was such a weird idea because I saw that free comic book day and I read it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. And the idea of like, you know, Bart Allen coming back, it seemed like if I'm, if I'm remembering properly. But the idea and then I'm like, I read the story then when Final Crisis came in, I'm like, I don't like this. Okay, <laughs> like, but still, but though, I got really hyped by that free comic book day trailer. You, it shows you that this free comic book day and this Dark Crisis special, it ends up being something that they will do a lot. I think in my deal, because I haven't read comics most of my life like you, but I remember when we got a hold of that Divergence issue that was going to oh, go yes. into the Convergence and that new DCYOU sort of thing. We were excited about that. That's when that you exciting. ended up. Right. Yeah, that's when you ended up coming up with the idea of Jason and, you know, Wonder Woman's brother and stuff from Oh, when they were doing the whole prelude into the Dark Side War and stuff like that and alluding to things that were coming down the line and the idea, like, who was Bruce and you know, Clark and Jason? Like, who the hell is Jason? And then we started brainstorming a little bit. Oh, my God, Jason. Jason fun. and the Argonauts. I think it's going to be Diana's twin brother who since then has only come back once but or you twice. Were but you were writer. You were right. And that was the idea of 
uh, a man stepping on Themyscira on Paradise Island. It wasn't like that Steve Trevor. It, you know, it wasn't Steve Trevor. And so when you had that, that was going to give you that little bit of that a... That exciting, too. What happened? Nothing feels as exciting anymore because everything is all convoluted because of what they're calling the Metal Wars. For some reason, that was just, just this weird, bombastic kind of event that came out of there but never really felt like it meant anything except for, here's more of the Batman who laughs. Everybody well, enjoy yeah, it. And I'm and like, I'm not gonna. Thing. From metal to death metal, and that being the big thing that we come out of to get to the infinite frontier, yeah, it it was big. It felt big. You uh, like again. Superman rocking on a freaking guitar slash yeah. axe, and no, then Batman no, on I bass don't. like he's Gene Simmons, right? Then it should have been. You end up where, to me, Danzig Superman. <laughs> people can sit there and and say, well, the story didn't hit or whatnot. To me, my biggest problem was is that nothing felt like a, a cohesive vision throughout the line. You didn't have the idea of okay it, it ended up where it was a lot of squabbles between and we would hear you know some of the backdoor shenanigans that was going on and stuff like that of when dan didio got fired like everything was bigger backdoor than the actual story we were reading and it just felt weird but even with that that divergence deal was the stories of superman without his powers also yeah. batman was going to die and the wonder woman tying into the dark side war thing and not everything was played that out that great, or right? Was that just a justly guess? I'm just sitting here, I'm like, and Wonder Woman? Well, she got a new costume. Yeah, I, I think there was a weird <laughs> deal because when we were going through it, there was like that weird play that, that it was supposed to be the Trinity. And then, but yeah. it ended up, yeah, some of the things, the bat bunny suit with Jim Gordon, it was interesting. I keep remembering. It could have been way more interesting. I know. And, and Superman, that kind of got wonky. But when it did come out, it seemed new and exciting. I think that a lot of people, the problem with this dark crisis, it doesn't feel new, so they're not getting excited. A lot of people are like, people oh, are here we go again. People just of the term crisis anymore because it once it once meant something, and now anymore with the idea that Ben has put out there when he was doing Superman, I think it was, or Action Comics, one of them. The idea that like these are all the crises that we've had going on, whether they were called crises or not and stuff. And I'm like, it's just, there's so many, and they feel diluted because with each one, it feels like you're getting like less and less returns. So, like, you know, story wise, I mean, so, yeah, heroes point, like, in crisis. And that, exactly, you know. exactly. And I'm like, even people with the identity crisis, that threw me off when that first came out. I'm like, what is this? Even though it's like a side story, almost like the killing joke that is a part of continuity, but doesn't have to be as well. Yeah. And, and when a lot of people start talking, and this is where I think that DC needs a, a cohesive vision they need somebody they need a face of the company as well i've said this all along dan to deal whether you knew him liked him hated him you know didn't care whatever you still had that guy to blame and then not blame everything else oh that dan to deal oh how many times did tom king get let off the hook because oh that damn to deal and it kind of did he, he almost played like manager to all that stuff now that he's been gone, though, we don't have that hype, man. We don't have and It just doesn't feel like Jim Lee's running scared. It seems I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you can't sit there and say, oh, I, I trust their vision or I don't trust it. You just everything is just kind of like from a darkness, the great darkness. Eric it just come, kind of comes out. And when you end up having this crisis, like you said, people also because there's nobody there to hype it in my mind, except one Eric Shea, who was America's sweetheart. I just want to mention that, Eric, the idea where. You'll get random people, oh, rebooting again? DC has rebooted 20 times in the past three weeks. And where are the reboots? Where? And because nothing is really that, you can't grab on to exactly what's going on, but most of the people end up, and rightly so, saying, 
We just had death metal, and this seems like that again. And we just had future. And not even state, that, because yeah, future like that state again. almost feels like one of those things because it was an event that took place over the course of two months, but it wasn't like an overall course. It was like what we had before with um with convergence. Honestly, like oh, DC is moving to Burbank. That means for the next two months, you get the side story that ultimately doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that was weird. And then like, what happened in the last two months? So, like, did we move back? What What do we do? <laughs> yeah, and and you know, we went through that. Telos. We were actually even talking about it off the mic, just about Telos and Oryx, Son of Thunder, like that sort of man thing. Ship, laughing about Telos. a manship. Yeah, still loves it. But and remember, out there somewhere is still a pre-flashpoint parallax out there in space, and maybe one day he'll make his return. I, I want him to make his return tomorrow. Now, with all this, this is I where see I'm pre-flashpoint. Gonna... We did establish at the point that parallax was. As an entity, but I'm talking before like a pre-zero hour parallax Hal Jordan is still out there out of time in our main continuity, and maybe one day he'll make his return. He may. And and so with Thanks, that, even when, remember at one point we wanted to see because they ended up going and you know, tweaking a little of the crises, infinite earths, like and we wanted to see that story of how that came up and we really didn't get it. Now I'm it gonna be Mr. Matter. Positive now. <laughs> All we got out of that was John Kent. Yeah, I'm going to try to be a little Mr. Positive here and try to be the hype man since DC wants to not do that themselves. Uh, what I say to everybody is, and we're going to be going through this free comic day special. I'm not going to tell you that this is going to be the be all end all of, oh my God, I need dark crisis. Oh my God, it's not, it's not much of anything. It's just there. Get you kind of on board. It got me a little excited by the end, but it does this go- thing too that you have in a lot of those things. Even though like that prelude, I think it was like Final Crisis Number Zero, whatever the countdown was for that. I can't remember the exact issue, but if you know, you know, where you have in this, we're walking through the Hall of Justice, and you have all the murals of all the different like Justice Leagues throughout the ages. And even in the last one, I know it's going to throw a lot of people for the, like for a loop who swear up and down that the New Fifty Two is race when the final mural is the New Fifty Two post Forever Evil Justice League. I'm like, ooh, people going to not be happy about that. Yeah, and. So when you go into this, this is just my little deal. Let me guide you into this. The idea that you sit there and first off, please, everybody, don't just pish posh it without reading it. If you are sick and tired of DC, well, I'm saying if you're sick and tired of DC and you think that you don't want to, then that's fine. Just don't deal with it. Then don't deal with it. But when we go to read it and whatnot, just don't sit there in your mind saying they keep rebooting. They keep doing this. They keep doing that. Because at some point, you hope they get it right. And and the reason what this whole thing with metal into the future state and it, it really didn't hit as well and it was reused, recycled ideas from the five G and things like that. So when we go into this, I'm going into it with a clean slate of I want this to be right and I oh, want yeah, to come too. out of it. If it's not, we will wow, be the first ones crisis. on this here. To tell you that it was bullshit. We're not going to end up I'll faking the I'll dive deep into your great darkness. You better wow me. And with that then, then we kind of have to regroup and then we'll decide what we do from there. Oh, Dark Crisis sucks. Well, we're here to tell you how no. much it sucks. Or if it's great, we're here to tell this you it's the great. Next one. I am not one of those people and I see and I know you aren't as well, Eric. I don't like to talk, you know, in, in your deal like you do for Green Arrow fans, but. The idea where I already see videos that are saying that Dark Crisis is the worst thing ever. Well, we don't have it yet. Just please, you don't know just people let's see travels. what's going on. Well, they might be. I don't know about that. We got ourselves a booster gold over here. Um, But I'm looking forward to see what it is, and I'm going to stay optimistic. And when we go into this, by the end, it did kind of get a little excited. And this is, and I'll give you some credits here if I can pull them up. Eric, it is the Free Comic Day Dark Crisis number zero special edition. Written by Joshua Williamson with art by Jim Chung. 
J. David Ramos and Tom Napolitano. That is the main story. You end up getting a little prelude to Dark Crisis number one and then get a really quick, hey, everybody, do you know what the crises are? Really well, we're going to show quick you. prelude to Dark Crisis, even though like it feels like that's what it's telling you right now. And even the idea that you can the redo of what the crises really were and how they related to the dark uh, to the great darkness what we get here is a a few pages longer version of what we already got previously in describing the great crisis or the the crisis on infinite earth connected to the great darkness and all the other like avatars throughout these like you know these different crises so here's some more of that that you've already read so with that again i'm going to try to be a hype man but i'm i'm realistic I, and i'm a little cynical eric i don't know if you know that also not so sexy, but that's just beside the point. Tanya told cool. me that earlier. But when oh, you end up, eyes. when you end up having, yeah, she does uh, eyes only for me. I just got a mouth on her too. Ooh. Oh my! Oh my <laughs> goodness gracious! Was that sexy talk? It wasn't. You end up by the end when you <laughs> end up having <laughs> when you have this at the end. When you end up having that uh, that bit at the end. Hey everybody, here is a new version of the crises told through the eyes or the filter of the darkness, the great dark. We had that. We had that in Just League Incarnate. We uh, that shows me that they realize not many or enough people read Just League Incarnate. Which that we've gets been me worried since Infinite Frontier and Just League Incarnate. We don't think enough people are reading this. That makes me worried. That that gets me worried because usually, and, or is it the idea where I'm happy because usually it's a blind eye. Unlike Tanya, it's a blind eye through that of oh everything's great, everything's great, but this seems like they realize. Not everybody's reading. They need to get everybody up to speed to go into this. Now, the other as thing that worries can. me, the other thing that worries me is as we get closer and closer to the start crisis, you're seeing more and more editors on uh, on Twitter and things trying to push. Hey, you know, final order. Day. Like they're really, they seem to be getting worried. And you ended up just this week. Hey guys, we see you ain't ordered enough over here. What's going on? And now they ended up adding another. <laughs> discount on top of a discount that they had before again is this that they're worried discovery plus is really looking at us guys what you doing over there hopefully what it does eventually is get these books and i can only hope that joshua williamson has something with this and we can end up all excited because boy when we were doing boy hey shit boy when we were doing the podcast (laughs) and all this stuff going on me and you were so happy once we hit rebirth not because things were better. We were happy about that. I was happy about that. <laughs> Especially then. you could, six then, issues. The best was is that came right after you spoke for Green Arrow fans. They all like the wards. Who doesn't like Green Arrow killing people? Going against, like, you know, motorcycle gang werewolves and white supremacists. You know who doesn't? This guy. And I will speak for everybody. You spoke for Green Arrow fans. They got mad at you. But then you got the ultimate revenge where suddenly we were in their book. We were in Green Arrow over and over. And so that was fun. But the idea of when Rebirth hit, you got so many people back. It was fun. It was a fun time to talk to people about comics. We're getting really inspired once again. Yeah, every week. Like, I, I look forward to us talking because I don't get to talk to you a lot. But when we end up where you're reading these and like, oh, man, these aren't that great. But when everything seemed fresh and everybody was excited, the, the people who we talked to being excited, that got to us as well. That ended up getting us all hyped up and it was so fun and i just want to get back to that and i wanted to just maintain maintain like that that cream that used to be able to buy uh but when we jump into this <laughs> you lost me why <laughs> that's the maintain cream that keeps you going oh. uh but okay. yeah you end up where it's just a quick deal and you have these kids going through 
a walking tour of the Justice League and pretty much a history of the Justice League. And I'll tell you right now, it's it's what we've had for a long time, but I hate this thing just because you have a tour guide walking kids through the Hall of Justice, which is fine. I am okay with kids seeing trophies and recreations of the Justice League's greatest adventures and battles and stuff like that and finding out the history of the Justice League for anybody who might not know leading into Dark Crisis. That is all well and good. When you find out that the Hall of Justice Museum itself actually contains the actual artifacts of these biggest bads they've ever fought, including a mother box, just out there and just on display for anybody, including a Quayface who wants to put, like pose as a tour guide walking through here to go steal a mother box, can do it if they so do please. This is a problem. This is like I want to go back to when we had the pre-Flashpoint uh, era of like the early 2000s when you got back to that JLA, like number one kind of thing, where um, Brad Meltzer started the whole thing where you had... The Hall of Justice was a museum and the supposed, like, I think you even had in the Young Justice cartoon in the beginning of season one, but that was like the, the supposed headquarters of the Justice League. And when you go there, you do this whole thing called Slideways, which opens a portal and you go to the JLA Watchtower and stuff on the moon and different things. That is amazing. Now, to actually have these really dangerous artifacts and items around here, I'm like, you guys are superheroes. Maybe you should do a little better job than letting kids walk around a mother box or whatever goddamn monsters you have walking around. Well, maybe around maybe here. they came about with this, Eric, after they died. Somebody else went because the Under idea... management's on the wall. When you end up having even the, the newer Justice League, it did seem like you had the museum and then you just walked to the next hall and then you were there. And it did end up... I, I always end up, boy, you're putting a target on a lot of innocent people and things like that. But it's also like the idea... We talk about Central City being the greatest place. If we were going to live in a city in the DCU, we might pick Central City. Yeah, you got a bunch of blue-collar baddies, that's it. Not once am I going to step foot in that Flash Museum. That is the target of the city. (laughs) It's always being attacked. I'm not going there. I don't need it. I'll just watch them look to see if I see That's Flash the thing. If I look at pictures online, I'm fine. I, what I'm just going to do is hopefully Flash will get me some pizzas. I hear he does that a lot. But with this, you have these kids going. And once you end up revealing there is a mother box there, I'm like, no, no, no. Those kids shouldn't be there. That's pretty crazy. But you end up having some fun with this of like, oh, there's – and I hate dioramas. But I wouldn't mind going and see I that. I love you talk about it. I hate They're amazing. It. I end up going to that, you know, New York Museum, the Natural History Museum. If I had I the go- space and talent, my house would just be full of dioramas, different sizes everywhere. Yeah, I'll diorama you. I end up going and I'm like, oh, there's a diorama of a Neanderthal. He's killing a saber-toothed tiger. If I'm not going to get the real thing until we get time travel technology, I don't need that. I want to see bones and things, right? The bones, but. You end up where... Show me your bones. <laughs> Show me the bones. I don't need this. I, I just end up... Or, I don't know. When I was a kid, I came up with the idea that they should just hire people to act out things in there. And then that'd be cool. Dioramas, though. You go to a lot of Civil War reenactments, do you? No, I, I do not. No, but maybe no. it'd be kind of cool with that. At one point, I used to go to the Renaissance Fair. I'd go and watch that Jalston. Eric, I need a <laughs> big turkey leg. Is, you used to, like, I used to go to this, and you tell me all my all the time, these things are bullshit, the they're awful. <laughs> it is. It's like I'm that like, wizard convention like thing. other things that I hate. I, you know I'm cheap, Eric, and I hate to have anything where you, I told you about this, about that Just wizard go convention. Drink overpriced beer that you won't like, and then eat some turkey legs overpriced as you well, and have money. a good time. To get into a place to pay money, it drives me nuts. But I, when when my kids were little, we used to go to the Renaissance Fair. And at one point, I went with my buddy Jay, who was an actor. Eric, yeah. he went he went to Temple to be an actor. Actually, was a, a um, fellow student with Danny the Dwarf that was in the Seinfeld. That was his claim okay. to fame that he ended up going to class Mickey. with him, Mickey. Yeah, I think his real name though was Danny. 
Okay. Uh, don't hold me on it, but I think that's what it was. But he ended up where another person that he saw was there at the Renaissance Fair, and they had to keep within character. So Jay goes, oh, man, I went to school with that guy. And he's like, yes, yonder past, we were in that. I'm like, just, just cut the crap. Doth thou future man <laughs> just get, Let's just me? get out of here. But seriously. But when you have this and you have this lady talking about it, at, at a point you can sit there, the cynical people could say, all they're doing is begging you to accept whatever nonsense Justice League team they're going to throw at you in this dark crisis. And I will wholeheartedly because I love a changed up roster of a Justice League. It's one of the most exciting times for me as a DC Comics fan when you finally get to switch up this institution we know as the Justice League. Yeah, I, I like it too. And I like it more of through you because you always would talk about it in my deal i haven't had a lot of changes since i started reading in the new 52 we've had some but we didn't have a lot but in even that they do show this and i like going through the history you're getting an everything matters type deal of oh my god is that the the starro was that the first person they fought well there's a little no. conjecture about that it might be it may not be you even see at that point dark side there of new 52 deal like that that's pretty cool and so when you go through that and you get that mural of all the different teams, and really, like you said, when I see that new 52 one with Captain Cold and Lex and Lex right back, I'm like, day, yeah. yeah. I'm like, that was cool. That was neat. And some people, a Simon was talking about in the Slack, the idea of him liking a, a changeup of a team and maybe even having some, but, but it has to be earned. To him, he said, it has to be something that makes sense. Seems weird that Jessica Cruz is in that mural, but not Simon Baz. Yeah, you know, Simon always gets Like, even the idea, if you go, like, we have in this one mural before that, in the, like, the 2000s Justice League, we have, like, Hawkman, Vixens, uh, like, Red Tornado, Cyborg, Booster Gold, Huntress, Zatanna, Supergirl, uh, is that Elongated Man, I think, Shazam, Aquaman, I mean, there's just everybody that you had. From 2003 to, po- to like Flashpoint in this freaking picture. But for some reason, New 52, when like we had a few changeups in that that are kind of weird, where going into Forever Evil during the Trinity War, it's like, okay, we need some new recruits. Here's like a Element Woman. And I was going to say, Weapon of Atomica. Atomica's in there. <laughs> Obviously, like, she's no. not in there because she turned out to be a bad guy. But yeah, like, she shouldn't Element be. Element Woman and Firestorm, they were there for a hot minute. But, oh, yeah. Like, you get you Shazam know. in there. So, yeah, you, you get know, Shazam, Lex Luthor, and you get Captain Cold, and for some reason, Jessica Cruz, but not Jessica Simon Cruz, Bass. Which is an odd deal, because by the end, yeah, that crazy. I love the idea of that, like, early 2000s team there, where I'd love them. Okay, everybody, just squish in a little more. Like, I'm thinking it's a photograph. Like, get a little well, closer. You had the initial one, when it was the first thing, when you're going into this new Justice thing. It's my favorite team of all time. I have the big old, like, you know, the roster, like, get-together group picture right in front of me in a big frame poster thing going on, where it's Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, Black Canary, Hawkgirl, Black Lightning, Red Arrow, Vixen, and Red Tornado. And Black Canary is actually the leader of the team. Like, this is an amazing team, and it's things like this that always get me excited whenever they happen. So we're leading to the idea, oh, my God, the Justice League, as we know them, are dead. But don't worry. Wally West is here to tell you, even when the Justice League is over, there's always going to be someone to pick up the pieces and be at the Justice League once again. I'm like, you're damn right. Let's get to it. Yeah, and, and just as a, a bit of a shout-out the way they did this, uh, you end up having the teams done in a style of that appropriate period. Oh, and there, I thought yeah. that that was really cool, especially when you see, like, that new 52 deal like that, you, you can tell right away the different deals with that. The JLI team looks pretty much like the Kevin McGuire art. It's really cool the way they're doing it as they are saying, listen, rosters change. I'm telling you, it really feels like this lady who isn't really a lady we'll see in a minute is really begging the reader. Listen, we're going to get a different team. 
Settle down. This is not anything new. I wish I could tell people the hype who weren't there. I'm like, I think it was 1997 or 99. I can't remember when Grant Morrison took over for the JLA number one for that coming back. And you had the original roster in the hardcore 90s style and like Grant Morrison being the writer behind it. This was such a big deal because like, you know, you had the original roster, but now it's like a Kyle Rayner Green Lantern and a Wally West, you know, Flash. You had Aquaman with the harpoon hand. You had like Superman with his mullet and the darker Batman, like a new like 90s-esque costume based off the 89 movie and stuff. This was a really cool time to be a DC Comics fan. And I don't even know how to tell people who weren't there for like, this was a hype. And I'm glad that you say that because people who weren't there aren't going to really I'm, you're, you can tell me all you want. I, I'll get excited because I get excited when you tell me things, Eric, in more ways than one. But Ooh. you end up where you, you kind of have to be there. Well, that's kind of the hope here. When we go into the Star Crisis, like we're here. Like, let's try to get because there are times you come out of a Crisis on Infinite Earth, go into the Legends and then come out with that JLI team that people will swear up and down now how that's one of the best eras of the Justice League. But at that time, it was yelled about. Oh, that's nonsense. This lame team. You've got to give things, you know, their chance. And if you are listening to us or you're there, even enough to comment on, you must like DC Comics. It may be at a down time now. You might, but let's just give it a chance. That, that's all I'm saying. And, and again, like I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it if it sucks. I mean, if it sucks, I'm going to be pissed. But right now, I'm kind of just like, maybe we can get that coolness that you're talking about there and that hype as we go. Because as you go there, you see the Justice League. They're dead. You have the statues. I don't see a Green Arrow statue. Eric. Or a Black Canary, because even the idea where a Green Arrow, in my mind, is dead. And the only member of the Justice League who actually died going into that battle against the Great Darkness, Pariah, and you know the Great Darkness' body made up of all of those villains. And now you have the idea that this Black Adam's come back, told everybody who can fucking hear it that the Justice League is dead. And outside of the Hall of Justice, you have statues of you know Superman, Martian Manhunter, big enough, Green Lantern, Batman. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Hawkgirl, and who else am I missing? Flash. Right, and the Flash, and Barry Allen the Barry Flash, Allen which is Flash. weird that people know that Barry Allen, or think Barry Allen. It would Allen's be dead. Barry would be off on the side there, because he wasn't quite with them then, he was before, it's, but yeah, there you go, it, there It's, are it's the a statues. weird situation that you have that, but nobody has a Green Arrow or a Black Canary statue here, and for, as far as Black Adam knows, everybody's fucking dead but him. Yeah, and it, it's it's an odd idea of maybe kind of getting a timing and he didn't see whatnot, but if that was the case, you'd think they'd be trying to get them right away but anybody even if black adam didn't say specifically these two are dead only one person came back the justice league did not come back and he but black adam's screaming they're all dead so where are the green arrow black canary statues? the worst part of it is you know damn well that that's oliver queen money that got them golden statues up there he, he's the money man well, they didn't the make one he, for he him signing the checks i know there you go that would be funny like somehow he signed the checks or he's not there but yeah you have that in these kids again Playing like it, it's a weird play. Like I could sit there and go, well, DC wrote this, and Joshua Williamson thinks we're a whole bunch of kids. But I like the idea of the I like kids being a kid. Being, I like the idea of the kids being that hopeful deal. You know, the idea that they're optimistic and things shit like going that. Down and steal some other box Damn before right. Clayface can get it. You know, that's not near you. I know. I'm <laughs> out of the other way. I'm uh, pushing a kid down and running out of the Hall of Justice. I'm crapping my pants. I'm going to look like later on when we talk about it, I'm going to look like the new Kirk Langstrom with the diaper on, crapping my pants. Can I tell Jessica all the time, though, you better hope there's not a zombie apocalypse because, well, we, we've been invested in this relationship for a long time, and I love you. If there's a zombie apocalypse and there's zombies after us, <laughs> one of us is going to have to be slower than the other, and I might help that thing along. And this tr- Again, though, me and you would be the kids there. 
You would be nervous and jerky. I'd say, you know, some stupid thing like we're going to get out of this tour in an hour. It's going to take five. I never can tell all that. But when the shit hits the fan, I am running like the meteor. Boom, I'm I'm out. They would think I'm the Flash. They're going to be out. Oh, my God. But you end up, I'm like the Millville Comet, right? You get that? It's a little baseball talk, Eric. But when you end up with all this, they say, oh, man, tour guide lady. The Justice League's coming back, right? They die all the time. They'll come back, huh? And suddenly, it's Clayface we see was duping them, trying to kind of get in there. The the whole roundabout idea of what this plan was, a little wonky in my mind. And the idea that Clayface has really been like, you know, really into his role here of doing this, but can't have enough. He's like, I'm sick of talking, you know, about the Justice League. You didn't like tell that. they had to do a full eight-hour shift here. Yeah, come really, on, guys. I'm telling you, it is that idea that he's now, now done all that. He My says, dogs I, are moving over here. These, You told me these kids wouldn't be inquisitive. You told me they're always looking at the phones. And so it's like being a tour guide. It's, it's almost like the idea of like going in undercover as a tour guide to something and you know nothing about it. And people are asking you questions or the idea that you have to walk through and actually tell people about something like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And over here, we have a painting. And over here, we have another painting. And I think the the plaque says, I don't have my glasses on. I think it says, <laughs> oh, I can't really you. make it out. Somebody read this for me over here. Hey, let's move on to the next painting. You're like, oh, well, what's I'm that star? Undercover work. Mm, yeah, it'd be the worst. Even though I said at one point, just say me and you, undercover at the Little Caesars, you know damn well we're going to make that the best damn Little Caesars ever while we're doing that. Or at oh, least yeah. try and then eat everything, Eric, or eat all the profits. You don't do that. I learned that from selling drugs that I never oh, yeah. did there. Not a drug dealer. Uh, but with that, they're there to get this mother box that just happens to be out and about just there. Doesn't even look like it has any security at all. It doesn't. There's no security. There's no glass around it. Yeah, a kid grabs it. I mean, li- literally, a kid grabs this like he's in a candy store and starts running off with it. Wally shows up, and it's cool, and he stops. And Clay he looks face, and, Yeah, he does. And it looks really neat where he shows up, and then you do end up having this deal he takes down Clayface, but then ends up grabbing the kid saying, I kind of got to get this mother box here. But let me explain about this. This is what happens. Sometimes the Justice League gets hurt, but there's always somebody to take their place. I had to take Barry's place before. And it's nice. He doesn't want to tell him. You see that he has kids of his own. So he knows not to like, yeah, you know, Barry, he got slaughtered in this infinite He knows not to Jim warning this up. He's good about it. Yeah, I have five kids, but I just don't have much empathy or I can't read the room, Eric. Uh, I'm illiterate when it comes to reading the room. But he ends up talking about how he had to take the place of Barry at one point, whether he was ready or not, but he thought he was. And he went from Kid Flash to being Flash. And that's where new people. And I love the idea that it is this, the idea of it's not when it's not really like oh, I'm going to pick this and that. It's just, you know, who can step up? Who can we have go? And you end up having a lot of faces there. And when he talks about becoming, you know, Kid Flash into Flash in the Infinite Crisis where when Barry died, or Crisis on Infinite Earths, I'm sorry, when he ends up doing that, it really made me think that this would be so cool to have the Titans finally like, oh my God, we're in. We've been waiting all this time, but and we're not going to get that maybe. And that's the thing, is the idea that they're presenting to us right now is the Justice League, for the most part, coming out of this Into the Dark Crisis is going to be essentially the future state Justice League that a lot of people have a problem with because they feel like Johnny Come Lately's characters people don't really know or the idea that it's a DC's woke agenda, if you want to go that route. A lot of people are saying even worse shit online. If you see anything online, it's the worst things ever. But the idea 
when you present this as who's going to be the place of the Justice League, this sadly only makes me wish that it was somebody else than the people that like, you know, and even the idea that we've seen like the future state Justice League as people coming in instead of Andy, you have Jackson Hyde, but yeah, you have that doesn't mean it has to be the only Justice League that's yeah, around because be I think there's going to be a lot of different heroes that are going to step up and take a place. And it's always going to be the idea of like, who's the real Justice League going forward? Because there's going to be a lot of people to take the place of the big name heroes that we lost during, you know, this whole Death yeah. of the Justice League event. But this just makes you think, all right, look, I was on board with the Future State Justice League coming into the You liked it more than over. me. And the problem with this is reading this issue, like, now I just don't want it because you opened up all these possibilities. You had Wally West talking about all these things and how he yeah. stepped up to do this from this. I'm like, yes. That's what it, gets you me You pretty hyped. much told me that the legacy characters of the Teen Titans and other sidekicks that have been around for I'm talking about. 40 to 80 years should be the ones they to take over the Justice time. League. I agree. And so the only thing that I can think of. You wrote it for me. <laughs> when you go with that, the only thing I can say or whatever I think about the idea of, you know, would you have the Titans say, okay, now we're the Just League, or when all hell breaks loose like that, Titans forever, that they're just still the Titans. That's why you don't have them. And maybe it is, you kind of have to have a team that says they're the Just League. Everybody else will be on their team they always were in, but it did get me hyped to have a Nightwing with Wally, with Kyle Rayner, like these guys to step up and do their deal. Because one of the things that I do have a little bit, I'm a little wary of the future state justice league team first off is that it you you're setting up a pretty much the visual of how people will pish posh it you, you end up having that build in people didn't like that team before in future state and it's like you're trying to double down on that to try to justify and you don't need to do that but the thing is i don't know that you really work that hard to get those characters from future state now we have them a year later a little over a year later going into this what did we do for those characters to make them be elevated to be on a Justice League? Like a Yara Floor. Like that book was not great. Like Jackson Hyde, for the most part, he's had a lot of work done to him now, but now he's just angry. And essentially, it just, you went from Aqua Lad to saying, yeah, well, you're going to call you Aquaman now. And it's like, we have Aquaman. And I'm like, Jackson Hyde still feels like a Johnny Come Lately himself. Yeah, and not even. It's it Johnny come lately, but it's also And he's just, had the most work done to him in has. my mind, even though Superman sort of Kellel has John Kent being Superman. I'm like, it still feels like Aqualad's had less. Jace Fox has had some good work, but not oh, yeah. enough to get him on a Justice League. He's in New York here doing his own thing and doesn't even seem like the Bath family really even knows yeah, about him. Or that he'd be even concerned of this. Or know but, any other superheroes to so be a part of a Justice League. That's the thing about it. When you go into this, just the lay of the land right now of how I think. You're a floor. Shit. Yeah. So when you get that team. And if it's going to be that, which it does seem, you know, we've seen covers and things like that, the positions they put those characters in aren't exactly like, oh, man, I love what they're doing with said character and can't wait to see because they deserve the elevation. I mean, John's there. He's obviously that's one of the most legit ones. He's Superman's son. But even then, the stuff that he's doing doesn't really make me like he's in like the greatest like you know rah-rah position to be for me to be excited about that team but like you said we don't know what the whole like they're, they're not just gonna ignore every other character in the dcu i think that I what they're gonna have is rumors full. abound right now that the just league is gonna be a completely different kind of roster than we've seen anyway with weird characters doubling up and pretty much people you've never would expect to be on a current just league team and and when people see this this is where i i hope that dc realizes this and they're actually working to get something out of this that they realized it's an uphill battle. They have messed up a bunch of times lately. They have told us that they're going to have a rebirth. Then they're going to have everything matters. Nothing is hit. 
and they end up grabbing oh, and old ideas on that and team too, like that. Yeah. We didn't talk about her. Yeah, and again, and even Joe even Mullen, her. like I like she's it, but they haven't done green, enough. She's been in one Green Lantern series that went fifteen or twelve to fifteen issues. I can't remember how many is gone now, but and there was oh, she was always this like the, the A or B plot to that story, so it never was even her the whole time. And her own far sector, which hey, here's a different kind of Green Lantern and far sector around nobody well, else. People like that. Like, and we like and it, she, but she's it doesn't fine. feel I like enough. Joe a lot, but like. She is like, you know, a Johnny come lately, which is weird, too, because even we have later on after the whole, you know, like, you know, uh, beginning to prelude to our crisis story in this free comic book day. When you go to the morning of all our fallen just league where Nightwing's given his eulogy and you have all the heroes wait, like, you know, out there in the distance with all the people and everybody's all sad and mourning the justice League, even then it's like for some reason right up there up front, I'm like there's a Green Lantern Jessica Cruz. And I'm like, why is she a Green Lantern Jessica Cruz here? Why does this? For what you're leading into the next big thing that's supposed to get everybody else on board. Like, why does it feel like there's so many mistakes to these things? Like, not enough statues, Jessica Cruz, Green Lantern. Is it just one of those cases that we talk about from Doomsday Clock where this story is just the furthest in the future and that's eventually what it we'll seems catch up? That's another thing that they're, they're, people aren't into that, the idea. And, you know, to explain that when we get this Death of the Justice League that we just had, the reason why all the other books aren't showing that is because that Death of Just League is the furthest time on, you know, these things that we're going is are a year away from yeah. all that nonsense. Everything will catch up to their death. And and we're used to that. We've said that they were going to do that with Doomsday Clock. Yeah. This is how you're able to do it. But a lot of people, even a lot of people in the Slack were talking, that just shows you a lack of commitment to the story that you're telling them because you end up like, oh, it doesn't really matter yet oh, here, but we want on, you to do it. We're not going to change Action Comics or Batman or Detective or anything like that. So just... This is just out of time for right now. It'll eventually catch up to where Batman's back around and it won't matter to this. Like, yeah, you, you don't really feel like you're committing to this at all. No, it doesn't feel like a commitment, though. I do laugh. Like, I don't know when you ended up seeing that. And, you know, we'll do- go with the idea at the end of this whole first zero dark crisis. He ends up trying to inspire the kids about who would be the Justice League, like we said. And then we go into this sneak preview of dark crisis number one and it is the funeral you end up having a eulogy to them and when you go funeral for all of your friends yes exactly (laughs) and maybe some people you didn't quite like i don't know eric i don't know who you like or not but when you go and right away i don't know i saw chupacabra he's just sitting there i'm like oh look at him i don't know why that was the first person i saw and then the second out of nowhere is crush I'm like, why am I seeing these characters here there and the first one i saw was jessica cruz which i found very odd yeah it's just at least you have every, but that is weird. I mean, at this moment, we think that she should still be a yellow lantern. That was yeah. a good little progression and going on. And when I was going to say about Joe Mullen, the idea that she was in the Green Lantern book, the one that was just canceled by Jeffrey Thorne, the reason why it seemed she was in was not because everybody loved her, which we do like her. It was because of the gimmick of that ring was able to have her go. Now that gimmick's gone. So what does she do now? And yeah, this Godstorm rings. Yeah, this whole thing of, you know, going forward with this just like just remember, like you said, it's not just gonna be that one team and we'll see how that plays out. But as they're giving the eulogy and it's, you know, Dick Grayson, he's there. You even have, which I thought was cool, villains hanging out. They're like they're like the people in Chicago that are on the buildings. They don't want to pay for the ticket. Eric, and they go, but this shows you, though, that everybody's there. Oh, and you have Deathstroke Inc. there just watching from the things, and now it's Deathstroke with his own ca- candle, like everybody else is holding it and blows it out before him and Deathstroke Inc. leave. I'm like, well, at least we know that's going to continue on, and I do find that fascinating. So, like, and I but do that find is just that nice fascinating, that too. And it's nice that he's there, and it's not like he's there, like, all right, hey, why are we here, Deathstroke? I want to see if it's real. No, he has a candle there. I mean, the idea that 
He respects some people. Now, if it was a Teen Titan, so fuck them. I'm not going oh, to yeah, that funeral. I'm telling you, he'd be his swords <laughs> and guns ablaze in there. But, uh, and if it was, he'd already be on the run because he probably would have put him in those coffins. But you have that. And, and that's really all this is, is to show you in my mind, again, that we already had the, or we'll get to the crisis deal. Hey, if you didn't read, you know, Just League Incarnate, this is our deal with the Great Darkness. This is just, hey, look, the Just League's dead. If you didn't think we were really going with it, we are. Here's the funeral. We'll get that, and, and off we go. And some people who aren't keeping up with things probably would be like, oh, man, that's crazy. I got to check this out. And then you have death cults and things where and you're you have the John. Dark Crisis number one where you see, like, Wally and John trying to take out all these death cults that have come out of nowhere knowing that Just League is dead because it seems like they're all feeling the idea of the great darkness coming. And with the Just League gone, they're all coming out and about. And it oh, takes whatever heroes we have left to try to put them down. It's not like your normal big band. It's these weird death cults, which is weird. But the thing that I find the most interesting in this entire issue is when we have the reveal that, you know, our tour guide, Lisa, is actually Clayface in disguise who has gone to the Hall of Justice to try to get Darkseid's mother box. When he says, I tried to walk the straight and narrow, Flash, but... With Batman and the Justice League dead, other people are making big moves, and they offered me a new deal. And the idea of, like, oh, poor Basil Carlo, you were doing a second chance thing for a long time now, where you're part of the Gotham Knights, it's not worked out to you. I always kind of wish that Basil could be his own thing off doing, you know, still trying to redeem himself to a degree. And we, because of what happened with the recreation of the multiverse at the end of Death Metal, we got, like, Quayface 2, Matt Hagen back, yeah, he's who's there. doing all of this, who's maybe, because he is very similar. They pretty much turned Basil Carlo into a Matt Hagen ask after the you know, Batman the animated series showed this version of Clayface but the idea that not only is Clayface bad again but he is working for some big bad because of what is going on leading to the Dark Crisis and they need a mother box I'm like this is the most interesting information in this entire book yeah and again if you're going to be playing out the idea that there's going to be a battle there's going to be things going on and you want some you know multiversal hopping and going around and doing things a mother box that's huge and the idea of them maybe doing something and who wants a little it? nefarious. Uh, yeah, because this could be as simple as... Is this a Deathstroke Inc. hiring out? I don't know. Yeah, so is this... Even that is intriguing to me about these ideas where that could be a Deathstroke Inc. that's setting up a team that they want to stop. Because remember the whole setup, and I wish they kind of stressed that in this as well for people. The whole thing with the Infinite Crisis into Just League Incarnate was... That a lot of the big bads in the multiverse were pissed off and wanted to stop. If in a frontier, just like deal. yeah, that, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. And so when you have that, the idea where they wanted to stop what was going on, not just stop the bad guys, but the good guys, because every time you end up resetting, we always get screwed, and you always win. You guys are the one. So there are all those factions, even without us talking about the Justice League. There should be a bunch of other teams and multiversal things that are going to be going on to try to fight you know, amongst everything and try to, you know, fight back against the Great Darkness and the team that he has. Because the team that the Great Darkness has, what you see at the end of the this unstoppable history, force that I can mean, no, nobody moly. can ever stand up against. This is the most overwhelming team of all time. And I just sit there just knowing that our A-listers are gone. There is nothing we can do. No. The Dark Crisis is the end of DC Comics because we're all going to lose. The body of the Great Darkness is the voice's pariah, the avatar of the Great Darkness, but the body is assembled together and changed to be its force, Dark Side, the Doomsday, Eclipso, the Empty Hand, Necron, Neuron, the Upside Down Man, and Ares, the God of War. I'm like, it's all over, man. Yeah, fucked. and the funny thing the is, there, over, and there's, there's Pariah, he's running the show as the embodiment or the, the vessel of the Great Darkness, and the thing about this is, 
is the idea where if you want to make it big to get this, the Justice League dead, I mean, our greatest heroes, you have to have a big team, right? But once they get killed, you, you just think like, well, what are you going to do now? <laughs> it's too big. You better I get can, your wishing machine the out. The only thing that you could hope, and I do think that eventually you will have, you know, Dark well, Side that, fighting back. And then you have and, all the shadow demons the Great Darkness can freaking put out there. And I don't it's even over, know if they're still Eric, made up of antimatter. Are we still the kids? Because I'm shitting my pants. I'm running in that <laughs> order. I'm running. It's awful. Because, yeah, and that's the thing. You can only hope that Dark Side will be able to fight through at least. I mean, when you have to get the idea that the only way you can win is if that team kind of disbands a little or it goes again, I don't know. I do wish that at the end of Death Metal, that De- that Jeff Johnson tried to redeem Superboy Prime at the end of Death Metal and actually he was here because I really do think that Superboy Prime should be a part of the body of the Great Darkness. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe they did that because they're going to need him on the good side. I Fuck, don't know how we're going to play it. grabbing that weird out-of-time Hal Jordan parallax from pre-Zero Hour to be a part of this as well. And then just to tell everybody if they thought, well, Jeff Johnson, he did that, that annual, that one deal with the Superboy Prime. He was the yeah. one who ended up coming in, not Scott Snyder. I, I just want to make sure that people... Scott Snyder did the medal. No, I'm saying, though, just that one issue of that weird redemption of Superboy Prime that was stupid. Yeah, you didn't you like it. I liked you it a lot. You don't redeem Superboy Prime. You can't do it. Hey, I like that better than having, you know, Nightwing and Batgirl get married that don't mean nothing. You're still wondering if that happened. Now, also, still happened. I was, I was also with all this going on, you have that little thing in the background of everybody should know about the multiverse still. That's why I think these death cults, everything going on. But that kind of got pushed aside a little. And we have a lot of different characters and different things out there that we're not sure exactly what they are, where they are. And this could be the everything matters where you have all hands on deck. And when you did have that, a couple of people have said, oh, I know what this new Just League's going to be. You said it earlier. You have two Blue Beetles. You have a Harley Quinn. And people are centering on the things that don't make These sense. Are the rumors, some yeah. of those, some of those rumors, pretty cool. I mean, you have this huge team, but let's see because I think that that is all hands on deck. You can't pick and choose when you you're going against a team that you need everybody to go against, and you still may lose. I mean, that team of There's the no darkness is it's, I'm telling you, it's like it's the 27 Yankees John again. John Stewart consumed a god storm, communed with the source itself, and he was still beat down. Well, I say beat down, but he, he was beat down by the – and we don't even talk about the idea that somehow the specter was resurrected by the great darkness to be the spirit of st- darkness now and whoop the shit out of John Stewart. <laughs> I don't even know what the what hell that means. What are you going to do? Exactly. How can you do this? I mean, the quintessence there out there. I, I remember back in the day when there was this card system called Versus where you had different like Marvel okay. cards or DC cards. You could, they were interchangeable. It was the Versus system of like – like, you know, just play, like card games and stuff like that. Where when the Green Lantern course like series came out, I'm like, oh my god, it's so great! You're buying all these packs and booster packs, different things. And if you got your hands on a fucking Parallax or a Spectre, I'm like you're dominating. This is the idea that if you have the Spectre on your team now, like it's it's a game over. It's like me playing like a strategy game. The Great Darkness does what I. It, it has a cheat code. It's called his team. I mean, it's unbelievable. This would be like, you know, the 27 Yankees going against your Little League team from back in the day. You can't see how they could win, but it's all hands on deck. I mean, you have to get everybody, and that may include a lot of multiversal deals. You might have a lot of crazy stuff. Our team are the Bad News Bears, and I can't see them beating the Yankees. The Bad News Bears didn't even beat the Yankees, the Little League team in the the deal. That's the worst. Everybody thinks they won. No, No. it's not a Rocky story. Oh, even that Rocky's not a Rocky story because Rocky lost that first movie. <laughs> the only thing that I worry about with this, because I'm I'm getting hyped now. I want to see what's going on. The only thing I worry about, I don't need 
the Scott Snyder version of things of Darkest Before the Dawn for yeah, half, I don't need you that. know, that. And that's where it, this kind of sets it up to be but that. the worst part I is there's nothing that right can away. be that because not only is that it's a great darkness and a foe that you can never possibly even think to destroy. <laughs> the funny thing is, the only thing that I can go with all this where you have this, you know, hey, let's do this history of the DC multiverse where you are showing that at points they were able to win. It's just that they unfortunately were able to prevent the loss for a certain amount of time. They never won. The great darkness was never defeated. And he's been learning. He's a learning darkness, Eric. What's going on here? Learned. He's using tools. He learned it, Pepsi. You end up where, I don't know now. I mean, he is sitting high and mighty. It's going to be tough. Maybe Pariah, the whiny-ass bitch, he'll end up throwing a wrench in. People get sick of him. Honestly, that's right? the only thing that could really happen in my mind is somehow Pariah goes against the Great Darkness, and he is given the power of the Great Darkness, and it is used against him. Again, with that, he is, like I said, like the embodiment of that, where he wants the his Avatar. world back. He wants his world back. It ended up being the thing that did start the Christ on Infinite Earth. I'm guessing that at a point, he's not going to quite get what he wants. Well, even that has been retconned to the point where Pariah screws over his own planet. All he is, like, he is doomed then to watch other worlds die, fucking being a weepy little bitch about it to the end of eternity. But then later on, because his world was then deemed a dimension like and stuff like that, so it wasn't exactly a world in the multiverse, so I don't even know what any of that means. He just wants goddamn home back, I guess, still. He just wants I, – I love it, too, where he's like, I want my home, my family back. They end up giving it to him, and he realizes, yeah, I didn't really like them. <laughs> my wife really, you know, nagged a lot and stuff. But I do think that maybe that would be the play, where he's not going to get exactly what he wants, and maybe he's going to be able to break free and maybe get – because this team – well, it is the Great Darkness's team, and it's the best team ever. I mean, this is me coming up with my Justice League when Luis writes in. But the big thing, the biggest weakness would be if suddenly they have to deal with each other on the up. Nobody's going to team up with any of these guys. They're all dark sides going to want to go somewhere. They're going to go against each other. That's what you would hope. But in the meantime, I'm looking forward to see what's going on, and I hope that all this plays out. I'm just looking at the idea where Wally's done telling his story outside of the Hall of Justice to the kids, and in the in the, the sky above, we have all these heroes that could take the place of the Justice League. And I'm just looking about, and some of them, I don't know, I like the art in this a lot, but some of these heroes that are in the sky, I can't make out who yeah, they I, are. Yeah, I but, was with you. I actually had the same problem. All right, we have the Great Darkness, its body, with all the worst things in the whole multiverse all coming together. All right, here are heroes that could possibly come up against this thing. Beast Boy. How cool, lad. Down it, I mean, uh, Yara Floor. Jaime Reyes, um, I, I don't know who the hell that is. Raven, maybe Raven could put a dent in there somewhere. I feel like Trigon should have been a part of that body as well. But, you know, uh, Joe Mullen, maybe the Adam, another Green Lantern who I don't know who that is. If it's supposed to be Hal Jordan or not, but like Donna Troy, Ted Cord, <laughs> like uh, Starfire, Jackson Hyde, John Kent, Nightwing, you know, uh, Jace Fox, Booster Gold, Dr. Light. And I don't know who the other woman is down there, but I'm just like... Well, you got you got some cool heroes, so I'll give you that, but they're all dead. <laughs> yeah, they're all dead. They're all dead. And so that's why I think, you know, all hands on deck. You oh, and get Cyborg a bunch of people as well. There. He's yeah, dead. Cyborg's no. right there, dead. Dead. I like Dr. Oh, Dr. White, look at you. Oh, yeah, you're dead. dead. <laughs> yeah, so uh, at least they're like, oh, Dr. White, you, you'll be like, oh, man, this is just like old days. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, you have all this going on, but yeah. And I even like where you get that full page with all the different heroes and you have you know, say a Connor Kent thrown in there, like, oh, that's cool. All the yeah. different teams, even the Bendis Young Justice team, they're over there and all these things that kind of look, 
kind of cool. I mean, don't they call look, that the Bendis Young Just team. This is the. Yeah, the it just looks like the way I'm telling you. This the way is the it's 2000s drawn. Teen Titans. I mean, Young Justice Teen Titans. That's Young Justice number one cover from the. That's why I think I think that it's exactly from the cover. Look but at the shirt it's that just John Young Justice. It is. There you go. Well, you know, that's before they got him out of Gem World, Eric. But. Yeah, you have all these things, and it's cool. I always like when you have the floating heads type deal. Oh, my God, look at Firestorm. Tom King said that his head was on fire. Eric, but... Well, Tom King doesn't know what he's talking about. At the end, though, you can be like, okay, let's, I just want to see what's going on. I want to see what's happening, and I'm I'm excited. I actually... This didn't really sell me on anything because it's not what it is. It's not enough to say, okay, this is going to be great. No, it's a walk down memory lane, but I'm I excited kind of about like... it. Uh, revert, not reverted, but like an adjusted memory lane. Like, oh, this isn't exactly how I remember, but it's pretty close. You know what's kind of funny? It's almost like that idea where subliminally they're trying to get you to the idea of, okay, well, the Star Crisis goes right along with them. Sure, and yeah. I loved all that. Maybe not. You didn't love everything. Nobody no, loves everything. I liked most things, but I really don't like Final Crisis. I love uh, Infinite Crisis, though. It's the weird thing when people would talk about it, especially when I first got into comics and you would talk to me. And you, it was like when you would talk about the Spider-Man cartoons. You would say you love the one, you hate the other, and I get them all mixed up. Next thing I know, I'm reading Final Crisis. Don't watch Spider-Man Unlimited. <laughs> what the hell is Eric like in this crap? Uh, but we'll we'll get in. But you don't like certain writers, Eric. Is might uh, might be the deal as well. So I don't. I, it's not that I don't like certain writers. It's that I don't like certain concepts that writers I do don't. to make things convoluted and over the top for no reason. Yes, that's what you don't like I saying. Don't like Grant Morrison. Like I said, the the whole thing where I was excited as hell for when Grant Morrison became the main writer on JLA back in the nineties and putting that original team together and the the new nineties hotness look to him and stuff like that. I didn't stay on the series that long because it did get convoluted, but I was really excited. Now I, I jumped back in like, you know, periodically and got some really cool stuff out of it, though. Well, when we had the shutdown and there were no comics, we went back and even oh, dealt yeah, with like that first trade, and we kind of liked that. We were digging it enough. And uh, yeah, so by the end of this, though, I think it does what it needs to do. It catches up some people, maybe get some intrigue that haven't been reading. Uh, and then people who have, you kind of get a little idea of them trying to convince you to just lay low. You know, don't get so mad. Let's see what's going on. Because we've always had what's going to happen, which might be somebody's complaint. But the idea, everybody bitches and moans every time. But then eventually you might end up liking it. And even like you said, where the hype, you know, you wish you were there at the time. So we'll be there. But uh, it's weird giving this a score. But if I add I'm not going to give it a score. score I'm going to give it. I'm telling you, it, it's one of those like a. A solid like seven five eight. It's good. You should pick it up. It's free. Free comic book day. I'm sure that it'll be available online. Even if I would think like if this is a two out of ten, it's free comic book day. Go get it. Yeah, and even the the art in the first part's really good and stuff like that. So I think everybody should check it out. We'll give it a thumbs up to check out. It's a free comic book day. Go check it out. Yeah, and as Eric told me back in the day, if you do go get it, maybe buy something at the comic book shops as well. Right? Maybe you always yelled at me about that, but. I ended up never really getting a lot of free comic book day. The last com- free comic book day I went, I put my stuff down and left in a hop because the guy was mean to me. I my feel like place. that's every time you go anywhere, though. Well, that, that one guy was a jerk. You know, yeah, I don't go to that guy. place. Yeah, yeah, and that's like the only local place that we can go. So that's a shame for us. But oh, really, I, once Tony shut I'm down digital. his shop, I stopped going out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm digital, so that's fine. But we're going to go to the proper part of the section. I, I was worried that you were going to yell at me. I, I was worried that you were going to yell at me for putting Dark Crisis first because Batman is all, but we're going to go to the Shadow Wars. Batman, 
123. I'm fine with it. It just feels weird having the Shadow War theme, which I love to go into this section and then not dealing with the Shadow War right away. That is pretty <laughs> weird, Eric. There we go. It was a night like this About 600 years ago Raged down the last arrest And it's crazy neon glow Now after all these years He's close to being dead About to share science Deathstroke shot him in the head Started the shadow war it the shadow war Lots of gold brains on the floor Everybody is the shadow war. Race no more and tell your soul. Everybody is the shadow war. Camp chases on our saw. Everybody is the shadow war. Sir, sir. <laughs> I'm telling you, I felt weird doing that, but hey, there you it go. Works. I actually was going to not play the intro deal at the beginning. We would just go into and then go. And now you reminded me. So there's a little double shot there. A little deal for what our, you know, dark two for Tuesday. Be going into the summer. I don't know. I've been trying. Me I've been too. thinking if anybody has any sort of thing. I mean, there are ways to, you know, get something because we are talking about the darkness there. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh, we Who did knows? talk about that the other week too about what something we did. Yeah, it may be, Eric. This was where I had this because of talking about some really miserable manga the one time and just went to that a bunch of times. So here we are. We'll, we'll figure out something there. But this is Batman One Twenty Three. It's Shadow War Part Five, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Howard Porter, Tomei Moray, and Clayton Cowles. And yeah, you also have a backup, and we'll get to that in a minute. The thing I have a oh, problem shit, with in this, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing that I have a problem with where I'm not hating the Shadow War story, it's just not starting I'm just yet. hating the Shadow War art. Yeah, well, and it's this story, it's not as bad as, say, A War for Earth 3 yet, or it's not as bad as what I thought the Trial of the Amazons ended up, but it's because not enough has happened. We have four issues left total of the Shadow War, and it feels really? like, yeah, we have nine total. We This is part five. We have four more after this. We have Shadow War Zone, Shadow War War Zone, starting at Deathstroke Inc. 9, Robin 4, and Shadow War Omega. So we end okay. up in the For some reason, that, at the end of this, when it's all like, come back next time for the Deathstroke to continue on the Shadow War. And also, next in Batman, you're going to be doing the return of Abyss. I'm like, oh, because we're going back to Batman with Abyss for some reason. I figured yeah, the Shadow War is over. It seems like that will be the end, and, and we'll go from there. So. With that, we have these Omega. And again, is that last issue, that Omega deal, whatever, is that going to be just a, you know, recap or like a, hey, everybody's here or whatever? I just imagine I don't it'll know. get us back to a status quo with Deathstroke and possibly Damien with his mother. So when you go into this, the big play is Rachel Ghoul was going to reveal the science of the Lazarus pit. And turn him and his daughter in for being terrorists. And turn him in. He ends up getting shot by what is a faux Deathstroke. And now the, the hunt is on. Did Destro kill? I actually just still want to know what the, the hell Rachel Ghoul was on. up to. That that my, One of my things that I have here is like, what, what was Rach doing? What was going on? They're so concerned with trying to find this Destro, you know, well, copy. Maybe the thing is, we're talking about that. We're looking for an ulterior motive. Maybe there wasn't any. Maybe there he might just not saw have been. his grandson having a girlfriend loving his life. And you're like, we've been pieces of shit way too long. We're not going to be the demon's head anymore. We're going to be the angel's head. Rachel Gould was on the up and up. He just wanted Maybe. to help people. But even though we know for a fact that at the end there, Rachel Gould didn't trust the Lazarus Pits anymore, and neither did Talia. So. so was he trying to poison the world? I, but he ends up, he gets shot. It looks like wow. a death stroke, but a death stroke in a classic outfit. Now, there's a lot of clues on that first scene. The, the big deal. I said, I'm not going to toot my own horn, 
here, yeah. Eric, but I will. To my own horn, I might not be right, but the idea of it, it has to be Geoforce. It yes. has to be. It has to be Prince Brion. Especially since we haven't seen him since. He's gone so dark in this. So with that, Batman has a couple clues. And Batman has not been great as is detecting lately. Maybe you should call Cassie Sandsmark because the one of the big clues is the idea that somebody was able to burrow into the earth, move uh, you know dirt and rock away without any noise, without anybody knowing, and then being able to get out of that that way. Yeah. That should be the number one thing. Batman sees An that. Earth mover. Okay. Cameron what Chase that ends be? up saying, and it shows him this, and he just pushes it aside, and he's more worried about the tailor who may have made the Deathstroke costume. You're going the roundabout way, Batman. You are actually, it's like the trees for the forest type deal. And this felt like this was all a way to pad it. You told me before we started, you think the ulterior motive of Batman is he wants to hang out with his son. Well, that's what it has to be at any time because we, where dummies like you and I can sit here and think from the past of what's been going on between like, you know, and again, it's going to be a weird situation with the way the timelines and continuities work. But me and you argued about it before a we bit. And we talked about Markov it. was there at the El Markovia embassy talking about how much he hates the fucking Al Ghuls and Leviathan for taking over his country. Now he's getting it back. And then when Rachel Ghul is killed, we have Deathstroke. And also we know because of Terra Markov, it was Terra and the Teen Titans who Deathstroke, you know, um, famously like um, did stuff with. And then she died because of, of, of Slade's influence and stuff like that. That Geoforce has a problem with the Algols and he has a problem with the Willisons. So yeah. right there. And then you have all the Earth moving. You and I, we're sitting there. I'm like, well, shit, this seems like it's, we just pinned the tail on the donkey. We know what's going on. But Batman's like, fuck, I still don't understand. You know, we better go check out a tailor when we go talk <laughs> to the to the guys that impersonated Deathstrokes for the Royal Flush Gang during Bendis' Justice League run lately so we could have a checkmate freaking tie-in. And like... So, so we're going to do that. <laughs> when you have to try to tie in anything that Bendis did to your book, you're starting to get a little wonky. And so when we t- just again, I'm a dummy. And I ended up saying that right after that first Shadow War Alpha into the first issue, I guess it was Batman, whatever. The minute that we saw that tunnel, I said to you, it, it's Geoforce. Yeah. He was there and he has the problem again, the wonkiness of the timeline of Terra. It's she was problem. kind of in the the she rebirth. was in Deathstroke's latest series in the Rebirth era, and she was part of the team Defiance that Deathstroke had, and she is alive and well. So, what does that mean for Geoforce and the problems he has with Slade Wilson? He they can tie it in and maybe make it the idea that this Defiance squad didn't work, and then Deathstroke pushed her aside. Because I want to, I want to see a, I want to see a weird thing where because at the end of like you know the DC universe before Flashpoint and stuff like that. You had the DC Universe, the last will and testament, where you had Geoforce confront Deathstroke about all of these things that happened to him that he put his sister through and all this. And it was such a great, heartbreaking issue. And I, I suggest anybody go out there and read it. It's during one of the darker times in DC, but it's kind of fucking brutal, but it's a really good read. Is that going to tie in then from the last time that Geoforce yeah, we'll and Deathstroke see. like, you know, collided that way? But it just feels like a weird situation because right now, from what we've seen over the last couple of years, I can totally understand Geoforce being pissed at the Al Ghuls for, you know, Talia pretty much losing Leviathan to Mark Shaw and then Mark Shaw taking over his country, which then Talia then, you know, took over Leviathan once again. I can see him having a problem with the Al Ghuls, but where do we stand with the Wilsons and what Slade did to Terra? Is Terra still alive? Is Terra dead in Geoforce's mind? I don't know where we stand in this post-death metal recreated multiverse world. 
And I said, this could be an Everything Matters where everything's in there and he ends up you know, for calling this, him out. about that. Because DC does not like to talk about all that Terra stuff. And I say that and like it comes up all the time, though. But maybe this is a way to kind of put it to bed. Just like Deathstroke did with Terra? Oh, my God, Eric. That, that might be a hot take gross. right there. Oh, my goodness. The gross hot take you just That's had. That's the thing is, it's such a weird idea because... Slate, people online will vilify Slate even more than he is because he is a villain. But, like, the idea that people want to bring up this thing from 40 years ago, it's like, look at this, what are your favorite villains? Is a pedophile and does all this. I'm like, yeah, he's a bad fucking dude, and this is a long-ass time ago, and, like, you bring it up now, it's not changing things, especially, you know, where are you in your timeline and continuity, and how does it work in your mind? Long time ago, you're not doing anything new on the, on, on the internet right now. Killing joke, people will go and what did Joker do, what he did, and you get those arguments. But I just want to say right now, if in this story, again, we don't know, if in this story, Geoforce is this fake Deathstroke, please remember what we're saying because that makes me better detective than Batman, and that's nonsense. I mean, Batman should have been tracking this. I mean, seriously, Batman should know this, and if it is where he is roundabout, well, what we're going to do is this ends up almost like a Batman 66. Oh, we got to go to the tailor of this guy who ended up doing this with a coincidence of that because they go and try to talk to and interrogate one of these guys who was the fake Deathstroke squad in the, For the Royal Flush Gang, Justice yeah. League that the Royal Flush Gang hired. And he got his suits made from a guy named Gamby in the Central City who makes all the rogues costumes who go up against the Flash. So that's our next stop for Batman and Robin. Like we were talking about beforehand. I have to assume, because Batman is the world's greatest detective, that he just really likes hanging out with his son. It's really cool to be the dynamic duo again, so let's play this out a little bit longer. Because he ends up talking to this guy and Robin. He's a real pretty boy, you know? Felt like I've seen him before. Out of nowhere, well, we were there getting these costumes, right? Just the idea. We were hired by the Royal Flush Gang. They gave us money. They also gave us money because we had to then go and get our own costumes, which we went to get from the tailor. In the meantime, at the same exact time, there was this other dude, pretty boy, kind of saw him before, don't really recognize him. He was also getting a Deathstroke costume, but old school, you know, classic. I'm like, how many coincidences are we going to do to make this connection when you don't need to? And then he ends up, okay, that's where we have to go. Central City, here we come, you know, and, and check out this tailor to see maybe who ended Please, up buying Please, just give me a little that. bit more of the God Batman than people hate because he feels dumb as shit right now. Dumb as shit. And we say this, it might be this gigantic swerve that Batman's already figured out, and you and I are just going to say, it's fucking Geoforce, and it's not. <laughs> I will say right now, too, if we're wrong, then you can laugh at us. But I don't think we are. Because I'm a cry. <laughs> Where? Why haven't they talked at all to the guy who was there as Raish was being led to, you know, a trial eventually, this is going to be great. My family's pissed. Like, he, he might be a suspect. He might want to at least talk to him. And then you start seeing Earth moving. But then you end up having that call out where Batman says, oh, by the way, I have to get a hold of old Ghostmaker. See how things are going. Because Ghostmaker and the Batman Inc., they are in charge of protecting the Adestro Inc. Inc. team, the whole secret society, because you can't let anybody die. Yeah, how cool is he trying to murder their asses? Yeah, so he ends up, you got to protect him until we figure out what is going on here. Ghostmaker's on the case. Clown Hunter has a badass new costume going on. Look at that boy. he's okay. He looks like his hat's like a shark's fin, is what I thought, Eric. It kind of looks ridiculous, but... He wears his hat like a shark's fin. Go watch Deep Blue Sea. I can sit there and think like El Diablo's like, listen, okay, I'm kind of a little bit off 
following orders from this ghost maker guy, but that's fine. But this clown hunter guy, get him out of here. <laughs> I will what tell is you he this, doing? though, for some reason, he feels like a knockoff Ocean Master in his helmet now that it seems more streamlined because it looks more like a fin instead of like a, a centurion kind of thing going on here that he had previously with the, the broom head. Can we but call like, him Deep Blue Sea now? He almost does look like an Aquaman villain here. Yeah, he does. He looks pretty cool, though, like that. But as Clown Hunter, <laughs> I just like you end up having a Batman Incorporated who now have to sit in the same room as Clown Hunter, but he's there. And I did like where Ghostmaker Clark. steps up and says, we're not following Batman's orders, we're following my orders. Everybody's like, not really. Like Everybody's like looking at each other and mulling look, their I, eyes. Look, I believe you, Ghostmaker. It's your show. You're the big dog. Having this, it is kind of a neat idea to continue some of the things that James Tynan did. Some of the things we didn't love or whatnot, but they are part. I, I hate when you end up having a run and especially James Tynan introduced a ton of characters, a plethora, Eric. And yeah. then when he leaves, you can't Six. just you can't just ditch him, right? You can't just say, okay, you well can, that's done. But thankfully or not, it, it, I don't like when they do because then it, yeah. it just feels off. And that was the thing where you had all those characters. Tom King's run was very much like he didn't introduce a it was lot. And even now, all he got was Master Bruce. Yeah, and and Gotham Girl. So it's it's nice in and everything matters to show that at least in the continuity in the past couple of years. That it does, and they're going with it, so I don't mind it. And it doesn't feel, this this Ghostmaker clown, it doesn't feel as forced as some other things, but you end up then going off with Deathstroke, who wants to go and go to the crime scene. They go to Washington, D.C., where Raish was killed, where he wants to see it not through the eyes of the detective like Batman, but, but through killer. the eyes of a killer. I don't know what that actually means and how he ends up like, oh, my God, I know who it is now. But he does seem to think of that. And while you have that, you have Respawn, who is pretty much Flavor Flav hype man for anything Deathstroke does. Yeah, Daddy, yeah! Even to the point where he's yelling at Rose, Yeah, Daddy, don't like you no more! He's with me! That's right, Special G. Yeah, Special G, and I told you, <laughs> I warned you, Eric, I said, don't get close to Special G. Look, you, you say that, because we I do know. end this book with the idea that, you know, Respawn does take a plethora of bullets <laughs> for his dear old daddy and he's told him, no, not again, not my boy. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, like you, Deathstroke, your boy's got a healing factor. I know. He's okay. The funniest thing is when I went back because I looked at some things and there's even something that comes up this week that kind of goes against or with what we were arguing about last week with in the, the Robin factor? book, the clone deal. They bring it up here. At, at points, he's a clone. At points, he's something different. And then well, in the back last to that, issue of Shadow War that like uh, Joshua Williamson wrote, I'm pretty sure it was Deathstroke or Robin, one of those it, from I last think it was week. Robin. And in that, we have the idea that, you know, Respawn is the genetically engineered like offspring of Talia Al Ghul and Slade Wilson, more of a brother aspect, a half brother. Before you believe you took it as the idea from what we had previously in the Robin book, that it was more of a clone aspect with some ge- like genetic alterations bringing that in there. But in this one, Damian Wayne talks about I've dealt with other clones and myself. I'm like, son of a bitch, why would you stick to one this thing? This is the thing. Me and you argued about what was originally shown. I went back and looked. I don't know if you did, but I went back and looked. You were hundred percent right. And the thing was, though, and I hate to admit it, Eric, but you were. The problem I had was it was a little wonky the way they showed. They ended up saying that Raish said that the clones of Damien, which we saw, monstrosities. We had had clone island that he firebombed. They were so bad, right? And they put them out of their misery. Monstrosities. So what I thought and what the dialogue kind of says was since these clones ended up being wacko and didn't work, he wanted to inject the healing factor so they could survive. But when you look at the art, that's not the case. What the art shows then is he is actually just 
you know, getting an egg of it didn't have so with that. You were 100 percent right last week that he is more of a just Talia Deathstroke, which yeah, they half brother of Damien. Yeah, but then in this, you have Damien say, and again, is that just hyperbole and going on with what's going on? But it's not a clone. Then "Uh, I dealt with clone things, but like you know, are you just saying that as a way to like you know brush it off a little bit? It's not exactly like this. I don't know how they're saying this semantics aren't really hitting either way and they're just going with this broad area gray area look he's kind of a clone but he isn't but he's I'm a brother and whatnot. genetically engineered offspring of slade wilson and Tyago. the way that i saw that thing and i'm going with that as well but it did seem at a point where he was an added addition to an already roost talia clone but he says it here but it's weird but you end up where again Deathstroke seems to think, okay, I know who it is now. I see what they were doing. I see what was up. They're on a building, you know, looking down on where the, the shot might have been from all that stuff. So they realize, okay, I know who it is. Let's go. In the meantime, you do have Batman and Robin going off to Central City. They end up going. And again, you're going to kind of fudge some things, which kind of gets me annoyed. They go into this tailor, you know, and when he's not there, oh, he's not there. Damien out of nowhere never says, oh, I got my new uniform here. Oh, I dealt with. He just goes, yeah, there must be a secret passage and hits a a brick on the wall. And there it is. Always go for the bricks. The explanation, (laughs) hit the bricks, buddy. They end up where the explanation, which makes sense. If you're dealing with the rogues and things like that, there's at least some double crosses. You're going to want to have, you know, an escape plan and and a, a panic room type deal. And you get probably the nicest thing in here, which is funny. Where Batman has been saying, "Hey, what's going on with this respawn? This tournament that you've been on? I heard on, you, you were in a death going, tournament. What's that about? Like something about that tournament? I need to tell you. I sort of have a girlfriend now. What? And he Batman himself after saying, "Like, watch out! There's traps. Probably trips a freaking laser trap." Again, you're making Batman a doofus, but I like it because that nice. threw him off. He did not think that that was going to be the deal. I thought I it was like great. I like the idea that Batman is all apprehensive about the idea of, like, you know, Damien with uh, his mother and stuff like that, doing death tournaments. That he's, it's more of the old same Damien Wayne that I am tired of at this point. Wants some growth for the boy. But when he tells me the actual truth about doing this and that he has a girlfriend now, that it throws Batman off as much as it threw Talia al Ghul off on Lazarus Island. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. And the idea that, again... It's one of those where Batman may be like, what? Like, you can't do that. Or what? Oh, my God, I want to know more. Let's get some of the deets here. It just makes me happy boy. That, that Batman <laughs> ended up like. And remember, we had at that point, sexy race is like, yeah, there's my guy. Like, it, it ends up where. I don't know why. I, I actually like Joshua Williamson. Like, you know, the way he characterizes a lot of these characters. It is I like, do, too. That's what gets me through this issue. With Batman and how, like, smart he can be and what his ulterior motives may be of just wanting to spend time with Damien while letting this run out, even though he shouldn't. It's just so friendly and family, like, heartfelt that it, like, it really is something that, like, draws me into the point where, like, a lot of these things feel off, but you're doing enough fun stuff for me to really see a Batman, even though at the beginning of this whole thing, he tells Damien, you know, I would have saved Alfred if I was it. That is completely wrong, but when you have moments like this, it really does just up the ante of what I want to see with these family-esque characters in DC Comics. That's a hot take, Eric, and, and I agree. I just want to listen to this again. Will it be a hot take, Eric? Will it? It is. Joshua right. Williamson does really good with Robin, with Damien, and I like that. Some of the dialogue is a little wonky. When they were interrogating that guy, it was kind of a little cringe at points, but I like this Batman and Robin. Even when they're entering Gamby's freaking tailor shop and stuff like that, and like, you know, Damien is like trying to figure out the idea of the secret passageway in case of a double crossing. 
father, I know you always say the criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. I'm like, look, I know we say that a lot, like, you know, just in general because it's Batman and one of the things says, but when you actually say it out loud, ooh, that's cringe. I actually thought the cringe was, it's like, you know, father, you, you never shut up about it. You know what I'm saying? You, you say it all the time. I, I can't get it out of my head. You're always saying it. It made me kind of giggle, but it was, that was kind of cringe. Again, you end up having a Joshua Williamson who seems to really know how to do this interaction, but then on the side deal, it seems like he's trying too hard at times, like that line. Like you said, it felt weird, but also he seems to have painted himself in a corner to try to just avoid Geoforce, who we think is the guy, because they're pressing walls and things which they wouldn't know about. Seems like it's the first time they've been here. But when they go and then Batman ends up tripping that that alarm and it ends up like Indiana Jones times 20, they end up going in and getting through and getting out of this, you know, death hall gauntlet type deal. And then they find Gambi who has been tranked. I thought he was dead at first, but he is tranked. And they're trying to figure it out. Well, here we go. Whoever this foe Deathstroke is, he's there. And not only that, but he actually says to lead into the idea of Geoforce as well, in my mind at least, he says to Batman, and if you're as smart as I remember you are, because Geoforce was a part of Batman's Outsiders, so you'll stay out of this. Let me walk so I can finally do what you couldn't. And that's where I wish that at a point, I mean, it might infuriate us through this because it's this mystery or whatever. But I actually wish at a point where Batman kind of says, listen, I know who this is. I can't tell you right now. There'd be no reason not to. But the idea, I want to make sure because it's somebody that I actually trust, somebody that I actually, you know, like and dealt with before. And I don't know why he would be doing this. And that may be one of the twists and turns here just because Geoforce is so upset. But if it is Tara's sister, that you can get the idea. OK, but maybe he's found out also. The, the weird science of the Lazarus fits. Maybe he is saving us all without us even know. We'll have to find out. But there he is. He's there with Batman and Robin. They're in there where he has Trent Gimme. I can't say that it's not weird that he's just there after all that roundabout way Agreed. to get there. Maybe he it, it didn't even feel like there was something that he had set up to get him here to maybe do this. He's just there. And that felt weird. So with all of that though, after Deathstroke ends up saying, Hey, I think I know who it is myself. He ends up, hey, buddy, whoever it is up there, you know, come on down. I know you're there watching me. I know Batman has eyes on me. Come on, get down. And it is Hood, who I'm telling you, how many people were like, oh, my God, Spawn's in this. I mean, he's so much fun. (laughs) That's the thing. As you say that, I think he's even more Asriel. I hope there's not a lot of Hood fans out there because the idea is that you were telling me about, oh, man, Respawn is not long for this world. It looks like he dies here. I think the Hood dies as well. Yeah, Hood might be gone as well, which eh, it's kind of a shame. I mean, what do we know about the Hood and what do we get with him? And I I actually thought that maybe all this is a backdoor deal of having some more Batman Inc. stories, especially with Joshua Williamson and what he did in his Batman run, but he'll be leaving soon and Chip Zdarsky will be on. But yeah, Hood looks like he's dead because you get ninjas with guns. And just as an aside, the funny thing is, as you see the ninjas come flying out, it did remind me a little of Ninja Turtles, where they're just going to town here and shooting. It's like so much on that page. And I'll admit that I think that Howard Porter's art's a little off in this issue. I I am not a fan of the art I usually like Howard Porter. You do not. This felt a little rushed at points, and I I like some of the things. When you see the ninjas with guns, I thought that looked pretty good. I don't know where that guy in the front is shooting at. He's shooting at somebody's foot. That's because he has to hold his freaking Uzi sideways. He can't aim it well. Yeah, really. He's like me where my dad yells at me. You end up where the one guy's running along the wall. It just looks so cool. That's cool, right? (laughs) Running along the wall. 
but he's also shooting the wall, it seems. Like, there's a lot of guys off with the shooting. Also, guys behind other guys just shooting willy-nilly. I think they kill each other. But, yeah, they're all going at this. And the funny play here is that you end up having Deathstroke yell to respawn, Rose. Hey, everybody, do it. You're supposed to. Let's fight. You have a million guns being shot. Not one person's getting hit until you need to at the end. Where dead, then you have this deal. And it is a shame because all this going on, Hood, he's dead. And you say the idea of Hood looks like Spawn up there. When Respawn jumps out here with, you know, his weird red-esque kind of Deathstroke costume, though, with the chains on his freaking hooks, I'm like, this looks like a Spawn coming out of the black back alley. You're right. And so with that all going down, we've had that connection of Deathstroke, maybe a little wonky, a little wild, the idea of, hey, I want to have my boy back. Which also will, which also will play to a juxtaposition if it is in fact where Geo Force is after Deathstroke for possibly the murder, you know, killing of his sister. So you have that family connection there. But at one point, Respawn has to realize, yeah, he has a healing factor. Deathstroke has a little better one, and Deathstroke's pretty good. You don't have to jump in front of bullets to take him for a Deathstroke. You gotta impress your daddy. You don't want to make sure that he doesn't reject you. Special G goes down. I'm still going with my name, Clay, but Special G is just such a funny, ridiculous Special name. Special G. I mean, he jumps Special out and that is like that whole deal where Grant too. He does what he all he wanted was a family. It's all he wanted. He got it. Special well, he G. screwed up immediately. Yes, his daddy does want to be a part of him, but he threw his fucking sister out the goddamn window at the beginning I of know. this whole thing. So I'm like, you're really, you want this family and you're ruining it. But if you're going to have anything, I think Rose has to. If, if Special G is dead, right? Rose has dead. to. Now, is this now where what we thought in the roundabout deal was the idea that Lord Deathman had? What we think is Respawn's heart because yes. he was good. Is that a way to bring back Special G? Can you actually then have that heart and bring I back Special G? I think we're doing something with that later on that has to deal with the Lord Deathman's own arc and stuff like that. And I think Could Special G is special fine G right G now. Back? Can you get him back? I we'll have to see. But the idea that Deathstroke seems to think he's dead, he's a smart guy, but he's a little emotional lately. Exactly. He's not quite right. And I think he's having PTSD of Grant dying and stuff like that. And everything else he's put his family through. So it's more of a reaction than a thinking about a situation. Okay. Why I get excited about this is the idea, first off, I told you last year, I said he's not alive. So I think I'm right. But that's beside the point. Slade, who has been weird about having a kid back again, this is another chance for him. If Special G's dead, this whole world's going to burn. I mean, Deathstroke is not going to stop now. I feel so now. weird about this because we have Rose, who we're calling Special G Respawn, <laughs> and Slade all working together now because, you know, Talia Al Ghul has put a hit out on Deathstroke. It seems like in this, everybody in his goddamn family is going down. I'm like, hey, has anybody called Jericho giving him a little heads up? I know. Jericho's, again, he's painting and playing a loop. <laughs> he's off just staring with that, you know, crazy curly hair. Like a young Justin Timberlake, I always think of that. William Cat. So with that going on, with that going on again now, Damien's going to be pissed because he was excited about having a brother, you know, and now that's gone. You know, he's fine. Batman's probably like, whatever. I mean, I deal with this on a, this is a Tuesday well, just, for me. Just get Raptor over here, touch him with some leprosy, his healing factor will kick in, Maybe no we problem. won't have that again, Close. but I, I think Special G is dead. I think that all hell is going to break loose, and you do a, a cool way at the end of this where... Rose not really hip with the special G, right? Because he got thrown. But that's not fair for special no. G to die. She has to be upset about that, especially when we do know and find out, and we know that it wasn't Deathstroke all along anyway. So now this the Wilson family is going to have it out for the Geo Force or wherever it might be. 
But you end with a pretty cool cliffhanger that we want to see what's up with Special G. Then you go to this backup. And I had sent you a message where this backup, I just... I had forgotten all about, because when I got to the end of Respawn being there in his daddy's arms, supposedly dead, I'm like, okay, on to the next book. Totally <laughs> forgot about this Slade Wilson Batman well, early days freaking backup that we're dealing with. So you end up having this backup, Batman versus Deathstroke, dot, 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 and the Joker. It's written by Joshua Lane, some of the art by Trevor Harrison, Rain Barreto, and Willie Schubert. Sweet Willie Schubert. And when you go into this, it's over. It's a two-shot. This was such a nothing story. It just is to fill up Jokerized Deathstroke. Going to go after the Joker. Could have had a little bit more of the Batman ink going on, even though I did laugh earlier when you have, hey, you want to know more about Ghostmaker running uh, Batman ink? Wait a three weeks until we have the annual. I'm like, I hate uh, that when they do it. But I sat there thinking, like, I don't remember that annual. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. This is Deathstroke who's been Jokerized by the Joker, but also sent to Gotham on a contract to kill Robin. And now when he gets there, Batman stops him, and you end up having Deathstroke say, well, I'm not going to kill Robin, now I'm going to kill the Joker. Runs off to do that, Batman saves the Joker like he always does the end. I mean, you end up going to the safe house. You end up having Deathstroke escape. He wakes up, doesn't even know. He's like Paul Correa waking up from that Scott Stevens hit. What happened, Wintergreen? Well, Scott Stevens, you shouldn't go with your head down through the middle. But he ends up saying, oh, you end up not doing your contract. Oh, don't tell anybody. Don't worry. I won't. And it's nothing. I mean, this is such nothingness that I, it kind of got It'll me be angry. It'll secret. Thank you, Wintergreen. This whole two-issue backup should be our little secret. A little known secret. But what I thought at the end of this is... I'm paging through now and looking at this whole thing. I'm like, yeah, like you're talking about it. I'm looking through here. The art's... The art's okay. It's a weird little Joker thing with too much lipstick on his face. But overall, just there's not much here. No, Deathstroke there's nothing. Joker eyes when he's coming in for a contract to kill Robin. Joker double crossed him. Deathstroke because of his healing factor is able to overcome the Joker toxin and wants to kill the Joker. Batman saves him, and then Deathstroke goes home to say, "Don't tell nobody I didn't Don't fulfill that contract." Don't tell nobody the winter Okay, and, and the Joker's like the back in Yeah, and so with that, this is yet another story, and I. I that's Eric Shea's speed reading right here. <laughs> I, I guess I thought of the whole idea of this in my mind as, we're, please, can't we be done with this idea of, oh, man, Batman never kills the Joker. I mean, it's such a stale story that I think that we're just going to have to have him kill him at some point or something because we keep going back to that. Deathstroke starts yelling, oh, man, why are you protecting that killer, the Joker? Joker's, ah, ha, ha, you always protect me. I, how many times have we seen this? Over and over and over. This so what can't you be the basic thing is you can't have Batman kill the Joker. If you want some kind of big event, the death of the Joker, which will be a big thing, what you ultimately are going to have to do is what he did at the end of Batman Begins with Rachel Ghoul. It's like I don't, I don't, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you either. You need something along those lines. That happens a lot where everybody thinks the Joker's dead. I know, dead. but what I need, what you need now, legitimately, when I read this backup, this is a nothing backup. What I read. And I thought, okay, James Tynion's Joker book done. We have one more issue, that tagged on epilogue type of issue in July. Let's put the Joker away for a while. I know that Rob Lewis is shaking his head yes. Maybe we need an, a year no, or so without the Joker. It's too much. And we, we just have the same thing. Wait for somebody to come back with something really original, something really good with it until then i don't need a backup to have oh my god batman doesn't kill the joker oh my god there are so many great batman villains that need to have a spotlight nowadays even the idea of bringing back like people will give you crap about if you say anything about the mad hatter because he is a little sus and like what he's into as a villain but 
Have a Mad Hatter story. Have Wrath's story. The freaking, you know, the anti-Batman. You always said I was going to bring up Wrath. Do that. Do even bring back the ventriloquist and Scarface. Do something along these lines with these characters that don't get a chance to shine. Let's work on that a little bit more. Maybe make this an era where these characters, even fucking, you know, Killer Moth can make a comeback. Yeah, and and do that. In the meantime, if somebody has a really good idea, let's add to the the rogues gallery. Let's add some new ones in between and have some things. No new ones. I'll always (laughs) The Joker is there as like that escape button. Oh, things aren't going well. Let's hit the Joker. That and it's just this backup. Like there's no need for this. This I was a rat story. Nothing. I really do. Yeah, but even then, what happened if we had a backup, a two issue wrath story? Would be like, oh my god, that's cool. Let's see what's going on. Some people don't even know who we're talking about. That would get the the Joker. Like you're already. This is the Batman book. You don't have to add a Joker backup, which is barely that anyway. But add that to, it's not going to help sell. You just give us something good. Give us something. This just felt like, well, we need that extra page count to get four ninety nine, so they do it. But what would you give this overall? The thing is, I like the story and how it feels. There's a lot of problems with the way Batman is so like portrayed with his detective work and stuff like that. But I do like where we're going with this, having a great cliffhanger with the appearance that Respawn is dead. I don't believe it, but it's Special a great cliffhanger G. to have. The backup means nothing to me because it's nothing story, but I hate the art so much in this. I'm not a Howard Porter fan, and even the best Howard Porter, I can... I say that, but I could get on to some good Howard Porter, but this is not Howard Porter's best by any means. I'm going to give this a 6.8 out of 10, though. It is weird, too, because Howard Porter, in my mind, like, I I really like him when he does some Flash stuff. I know you're not a fan overall, um, but it's weird when I end up reading something with Howard Porter art and I think that it's a little wonky or I think then I know that it's trouble for you because you're not a, a fanboy at all, which I am. But like you said, I'd like the interaction between Batman and Robin. It's been a long time since we've had some good Batman and Robin. Got into Batman and Robin book. Just that line of and it. It just shows you that I could go for an annual, maybe not the whole annual, but a story in an annual anthology even type deal where, you have Batman sit down and, and talk to Damien about what has happened and, and, you know, go through some things would be really, really cool. And then at the end, they go, let's get Alfred back. High five. And they high five, get the hell bat suit and head on to heaven, hell and dark sun and all that stuff. Wow. Apocalypse, everything. It's going to get wacky. I'm telling you, like, hey, just go back. He's always jumping into heaven to try and find things to it. But yeah, I, I want this. I like this connection. I do think that we say that he has, he went to heaven once. And I think a just League dark story a decade ago. And in that heaven, he saw Damien wasn't even there. He wasn't even looking for Damien in that story. Ooh, remember, we were all upset. Yeah. <laughs> it showed that he wasn't he just there. He was a little boy sitting there in heaven. It's because that's what he ended up finding out that he was on the apocalypse. But you end up where all this going down. Uh, I do think that of anything and all the things that Joshua Williamson is doing, and I'm talking even like Dark Crisis and, you know, Just League Incarnate and all that. The best thing that he's done is actually give us a progression for Damien that we've been so sorely it was needed. We needed this. It ends up where some new people can get on board with Damien, the people who just sat there. Because, again, I said this before on the podcast. I'll just reiterate it once again. We love Damien. And when we would end up fighting with people, mainly me, you don't fight with people, Eric. You don't like confrontation. But when More you people. try to convince people. That Damien's a great character, you're behind the eight ball because all they say is every time he shows up, he's a dick. And I'm like, damn it, I, I can't fight that because he is. But that's not his fault. The little boy, Eric. The little boy. He's like you on the stoop waiting for your dad. But yeah, so with that, I, I think that stoop. he does a really curve. good job with that. And with the whole idea, yeah, with the Deathstroke Special G respawn. At points, it was wonky a bit, but starting in the last Deathstroke in class week, and even the Robin. You saw that he was trying to be something and did go 
it was less insane and more of just a guy who just wants to get a win for once, especially with the kids. And now it looks like he's dead. I say he's dead and it all hell will break loose. But yeah, I think overall, I'm going to, I gave it a seven on the site. When I was reading, I was down to like a six five, but I'm going to keep with the seven. I'm going to go seven. Did you say your score? 6.8 out of okay. 10. Yeah, yeah. And again, you could have that as being an art deal that it would put you deal. a little down. Yeah. So that makes complete sense. But I still, I'm still enjoying but all the problems of this book. Like I said, the characters really win me over. By yeah, the that's, that's the weird thing about it is the character work is really good. So I can sit there because I'm more of a character guy, but I do need something to happen with this overall shadow war. And if it is Geoforce, I'm calling bullshit on Batman's detecting skills because there was a, a clue right in his face, right on his lap. Even Deathstroke knows what's going on already. I know. Deathstroke just goes and looks off a building where Batman was already Got there it. and says, I know who it is. And then I'm like, okay, the, the only clue that we really get that's funny in this issue is he was a hell of a good-looking man. Sure like, was. Oh, it's Geoforce. Princely he was. Did you ever think in your mind, though, like, oh, Geoforce, there's a good-looking dude. I never thought well, that. He has the thing a is, I never costume. have thought it, but I wouldn't go against it either. Okay, you're going to go with Prince that? I still... good. He's like a group of royalty. Of course he's good-looking. Well, that doesn't mean they got that interbreeding and stuff like that. I don't know how they do Not it over there, there in Markovia. I don't know how it works, but he's against that. With the di- But you end up where, also, it's still... Even that with being good looking, the tailor, it still reminds me of Werewolves in London. And I just keep thinking Gambit. of that song in my head, that whole deal. So with all that, yeah, well, that's it for the first section. A little extended deal. We're talking like Diary of the Mouth. But we're going to go off now. We'll be back with more Batman books, Eric. I don't know if you realize this is a Batman-centric deal. Welcome back to the Batman universe. I, I was at the beginning. You know, Welcome to the Batman and Friends podcast. Here we go. But. We'll be back with some pretty big books in just the Weird Science Dynamic Duo Podcast. Cancelled is what Eric should be. He said all the Latinos are as fiery as me, oh, and if Eric gets canceled, then you know why, Eric should be canceled, let's all wave him goodbye. man I've ever seen If you want some more proof listen to episode 19 Oh and he didn't apologize no If Eric gets cancelled I won't That's a lie, Eric. I would miss you a little bit. I would. I was kind of hoping there was a record scratch at some point. It wouldn't be as bad as it was. <laughs> you are uh, you are my muse. Eric. You're my bias and my muse as we okay. go forward here into, like we said, another section. There's you know some different kinds of Batman, but it is a Batman section through and through. I'm wrong turn. This is Batman Bitch. It is Batman Bitch, and we came out of just talking about a Batman book. So we have uh, the big thing going on down at the malt shop, which is Flashpoint Beyond. And I saw a lot of people 
dissing that first zero issue, that whole deal going into it, maybe that was a misplay. Maybe they should have just gotten right to it because I did enjoy this and I do enjoy seeing, you know, more of a continuation of the Flashpoint universe while we're trying to figure out how and why what the hell and what is going and things on like here? that. So I like the idea of enjoying seeing, you know, something and some people have been looking at this as just full out. I don't need to go back to Flashpoint. My girlfriend got it for me. I don't need <laughs> to just go back to Flashpoint. That's done, whatever. But what is intriguing me is as we're seeing that, we got to figure out why this is going on and then how we get out of it. And you do end up having a bit of that mystery going on and how this would tie into what we think the doomsday clock, even having the button even shown in here going. But it is Flashpoint Beyond. Number one, written by Jeff Johns, Jeremy Adams, and Tim Sheridan, with art by Zamonico and Michael Janine, Romalo Fajardo Jr., Jordi Belair, and Rob Lay. And I did like, actually, the big part where they get Michael Janine to come back and do the art of, like, the button scenes are coming from that button deal that he did before. I thought that that was a really neat little play. When you get back to the main universe stuff to see what our Batman's actually up to and knowing that... Weirdly, that Barry Allen has figured out that something's going on as well. I'm like, oh, why does Barry Allen have to be here? It doesn't work with the rest of the continuity right now. Or is this like another thing where it's, you know, we're going to catch up to this again one day with the timeline. In the way that it's going, I could even say that it's like, it's not Tom King's Batman run still going at this point. And he kind of came then. And only because you get that art, Michael Janine doing the art in the Batman run, it did look a lot like that deal. It is odd. And we have to figure out. You know what that will mean and whatnot, because this whole Flashpoint Beyond, I don't know where it sits and where it goes. Even the idea of Batman on the case, our Batman and the regular deal, that gets wonky just well, because that's the thing. of the whole it's deal. It's actually very intriguing, though, to me, just because we know as comic book fans, the Flashpoint universe is not exactly a universe. It's a failed timeline that was averted. It is our timeline that was changed and then Barry Allen averted it in Flashpoint to give us the New 52, you know, Rebirth, Infinite Frontier universe that we know and love right now. But the idea that Thomas Wayne, after being hit with Dark Sides of Mega Beans in the Infinite Frontier series, he knows that this isn't right either. So we're playing along with somebody else in the comics that knows this isn't right. And on the outside, we know that there's a mystery of what the Batman is getting to the bottom of. And that's like, like what is Batman going to do? And like, how does it affect the Flashpoint? How, what is actually going on? We know that something is not right. And we're like, it's not just us saying, like, why does this, why is this here? It doesn't make sense. The characters involved know that something's not right as well. So that's why it works. That's what I, I get. A weird deal where some people are just going, oh, Flashpoint's back and we're doing that. And I'm like, don't you realize, like, Thomas realizes that this isn't right. And he knows that he had a very, like, all those things. Now, going back, like you said, when you say us as comic book fans and things like that know that this is a, you know, a race timeline, not a universe, not an Earth. I don't know that that many people do because when you ended up having the whole deal where Tom King ends up having Thomas Wayne come into the regular universe, it didn't make any sense because it wasn't. Now, if you go with the idea of an infinite frontier after death metal and everything matters while the omniverse is forming and doing all that, now it starts to intrigue me of, is this like what we thought we were going to get with, say, the Earth 3, the crime syndicate book? It's the new things forming and whatnot. But with that, this might also just be one of those prison of the dream, whatever it might be. It's intriguing to me, and it may not tie into everything going on in the dark crisis but it seems like it's connected to a doomsday clock it connects maybe to explain how tom king ended up making a timeline be something more than that and it drove you nuts when we ended up having thomas wayne come back and even him coming back in a way that didn't feel right 
It felt weird. God damn that reverse flash. He did. And that was the whole idea of it when Tom King was trying to convince everybody that he was not wrong. Thomas Wayne gave up everything. Uh, to get his son to be, and then all yeah. of a sudden he's well, beating Tom, Tom the King crap just out of him. He was a crappy character who does crappy things. I'm like, no, yeah. he became more than that. You know, once he realized that there is a better way to do things in a better world that he wants to get back to, or not back to, but to be the world again. And here's where, if you even if you're not dealing with anything else, but you did read the Tom King stuff, the thing that Tom King likes to say he does is try to get the the man behind the mask, right? The character behind the cow. I don't know how many more I could come up with, but. You end up when Thomas Wayne pops into our, like, there is a lot of things you could deal with, with what would be going through his mind or whatnot. You're kind of starting to get a little of that here. You, you see how he's reacting and he doesn't want this to be around. He's losing the opportunity to even write it now that Barry Allen in the, the Flashpoint universe is the best part killed. about the zero issue because he has already lived this, knows what's going on, and tries to recreate the thing that fixed it previously and is shattered down when Barry Allen, who doesn't know anything about it because it's this timeline's Barry Allen, not the Barry Allen we know with the previous memories, he gets killed by Scavenger and we're told that Aquaman knows something about this and he has to kill Barry Allen and stuff. So like, oh my God, what does Aquaman know about this Flashpoint timeline? Well, Thomas Wayne is now on the case to figure that out. And this is one of those stories, it's not quite a time travel story, but when I end up, when I think about time travel, there is that part where you end up, oh, it'd be cool to go back in time and start reliving your life at second grade, and I'm going to do this, whatever. But then when you really start to think about it, you know, you don't have kids, you know, but the idea of like, you can't get everything back then, because there's no way I'm going to be able to figure out that exact time of doing this, that, and the other thing, you know, the sperm involved, you know, that stuff there, but... It's one of those where Thomas Wayne thinks because he, oh, I'm back here. I know what I have to do. This will be easy. I'll go do that. Got to go back and make sure that Barry's mom gets murdered. Yeah, and, and things got wonky. Even then when he was trying to tell a Barry who is just there in the Flashpoint universe trying to convince him, listen, this isn't right. You know your mom you just had dinner with? She should be dead and you should accept that. I'm not going to kill my mom, you madman. Yeah, this isn't a Barry who knows that this is. That's where you get that wonkiness of that juxtaposition now that thomas wayne knows that this is wrong but barry didn't it's that opposite and it didn't work and he tried to and really he kind of murdered barry even though he didn't but he set him up to be murdered by the scavenger and that's pretty crazy and so when you jump into this issue you get more of the world building of that continuation and part of the idea of the whole flashback, even to the point where when Wonder Woman sees Thomas, says, I thought you were dead. Like, you're not supposed to be here. So and did yeah, I. there's the wonkiness of it. And I like that. I love it. So it was like the Snake Plissken aspect. Like, oh, I thought you were dead. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And if you didn't have Thomas, if this was just, boom, they're back in Flashpoint, Thomas Wayne. If Thomas Wayne didn't know, then I would say this is not the great. But with him knowing and trying to get back to what he says is right and this whole idea of hating this world and everything. He's lost everything, already gave this world up before because he wants his son to be able to do things. But now to know what that would turn out, it's crazy. And I I think it's really intriguing. Especially going on where our first plan is destroyed by the scavenger killing Barry Allen. Now it's on to figure out what our next plan is, involving the Aquaman. But as it is going on right now, at the end of that first uh, Zero issue, we also had Harvey Dent, you know, killed in a freaking, you know, at like, like, you know, a hit thing to make sure that I don't know how it's going to play out. Is it like a clock, like the clockwork killer? Is it something involves something else to make sure that, you know, Judge Dent doesn't prosecute Je- Thomas Wayne for the murder of Joe Chill and stuff like that? But he is pretty much left with Gilda 
in the insane asylum, Arkham Asylum, Thomas Wayne takes on freaking Harvey's son, Dexter. So now you have a young ward for Thomas Wayne who doesn't like he's doing the right thing. Like, you know, almost like what he thinks he's supposed to, but he doesn't have time to take on Dexter the way it is. So you have a very endearing, almost Alfred-esque version of Oswald Cobblepot, who's Thomas's freaking confidant, who is going like, hey, boss, what is it? What do you want from me? Oswald, I need you to babysit Dexter here. I need to go off and do stuff. And the idea is like, just do whatever he wants. Don't like him worry about it. Just make sure that you watch him. Nothing happens. So, okay, boss. But when you have the situation, like, what do you want to do, Dexter? I want to learn to shoot a gun. <laughs> Fuck, we could do that. Yeah, the idea he's that like, doesn't know any better. Wayne Manor into a freaking, you know, a shooting range for Dexter to shoot guns at mannequins and stuff like that. I'm like, you are a great babysitter, and I kind of want to see the rest of your day, Oswald. I'm telling you, he makes this issue. It's Like you said, it's the weirdest, endearing type deal where he's not a great guy, but he doesn't know what to do, and he's, he's going with what he was Hey, just end up doing what he wants, right? It ended up where I thought we were getting like a planet terror type deal where that kid learns to and then shoots himself in the face right oh, yeah. immediately there where she's walking away from the car. I didn't know you watched that movie. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. You end up where I like to where you have this Dexter who almost plays the Batman to the penguin here because he keeps sneaking up on him and weirds him out. Hey, you don't talk or anything? Like, oh my God. And it is, you, you almost feel bad for Oswald, but you, you end up like, you know what? You're kind of a good guy here and I like it. Uh, there is some clues and things like that with clocks being set back uh, 11 yes, minutes before. Yes, the clocks were and... off 11 minutes, and it seems like a weird thing because even like when like uh, Thomas is opening the grandfather clock down to the like the back cave, the idea like, hey, your clock's a minute, it's 11, uh, 11 minutes slow, and it's like that feels like a, it's nothing in a big way because he says it's broken. It's not a big deal that the freaking clock's slow because I just imagine this whole thing for when he ticks it back to where you know his his family was killed, like yo know, Bruce was killed. I mean, but even the idea that clocks all around the world have like you know become 11 minutes slow and even in the previous issue where we know that the clockwork killer whoever this may be is going to be the big bad especially when you find out in this whole thing that aquaman doesn't know shit about what's been going on and all this but the idea that in the newspapers in the previous issue you saw all these people in our normal timeline who are related to time travel in one way or another are being murdered off by this clockwork killer so it's like oh my god what is the mystery i need to know now yeah, and, and it's weird because when I saw that 11 minutes and around the world deal, I was thinking, well, did, did Doomsday Clock start within 11 minutes or did it end when, you know, you ended up having that? But that was more 15 minutes when I well, looked. So I'm like, I'm not even going to look into it that much more. We'll see what happens. I'm trying to think about something that has to do with 11. Because all I can think is 11 minutes to midnight or like the 11th hour. Like, oh, my God. Is that the best Doctor Who episode ever? Yes, it may be. Yes, it might be, actually. But <laughs> it's it also may be like 11 minutes each minute. There'll be more. I don't know how it's. It may not be any. It may be just a red herring. But it seemed important as you end up having Thomas say to Oswald, you watch Dexter. I'm going to go and he gets in his Batman outfit. And even the idea well, Flashpoint of... Flashpoint did happen 11 years ago. Okay. Well, it seemed like some crazy thing, right? In so, our timeline, and like our normal you and me kind of timeline, 11 years ago was when Flashpoint was taking place. So is that something? Me, I ended up looking just one thing and I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going down the Can't rabbit hole yet. No. Oh, wait, we're only in the first true issue here. So when we go, he gets the gun out of the deal. He even says to Oswald, yeah, I'm going to kill them all. Like, I'm going to take care of this. And he has to go. Because, again, if Aquaman sent the scavenger, why did he do it? How does he know about things? And maybe that's the clue of being able to get this right again. Maybe he's involved with this. And he starts thinking about who it could be. And he writes off Thawne. Uh, reverse flash is saying he wouldn't send somebody to do this to kill yeah. barry allen he would have done it himself but it's such a weird situation that zero issue where it seemed like we had almost like weird ghostly images of thawne going around i'm like what is that is that 
is that a real thing that's going on that we see or is it something that like you know Batman here, Flashpoint Batman, is imagining is going on because he's fucking crazy. I don't know. The thing, though, he does say then, listen, just because I don't think Reverse Flash did this, there has to be a Reverse Flash around. Because he says at one point, if it was Reverse Flash, yeah. yeah, if it was Reverse Flash, he would be after Thomas and he'd probably just come and kill him. And also he'd kill Bat. Like he would have done it himself. So with that, but maybe. Almost like in the button where Reverse Flash just showed up in the back cave to beat the shit out of Batman because his dad killed him in the Flashpoint universe. Yeah, I'm telling you, when, when Bruce starts talking about all of the things that he's put into place since then, damn right you better because you were getting the shit kicked out of you Look, during Barry, the hockey game, Eric. I modified, oh, yeah, Barry, I modified Mr. Freeze guns to freaking be more like Captain Cold's absolute zero guns because if even like, you know, senses anybody that's not supposed to be in the cave, nobody I know or should be here. These things will freaking like deep freeze anybody who comes in this cave, including speedsters. And so when you have this, what actually gets me a little excited about it, besides the idea, well, you see, oh, my God, Green Arrow's dead. You have, uh, you know, Aquaman is just about to just destroy Europe or, or at least Britain, take out the deal, is when Europe's you start next. saying and when you end up having Thomas Wayne say, eh, Reverse Flash is probably here. Thon has to be somewhere. I'm getting the idea that he's going to have to team up with him at some point, and that's a pretty crazy thing to go to a Flashpoint universe and have a Thomas Wayne have to team up with maybe a Reverse Flash to get things right well, at that point. As far as the idea of can like, like the idea does Reverse Flash, even though he is a fucked up weird paradox, and I don't even understand how he works, and even the idea of the negative Speed Force, but like you know, acting with the Speed Force. Ever since we had Flash Rebirth, I am very hazy on how he works with the normal thing. With the, even the idea of that lightning rod freaking like uh, that little lightning like uh the hell was it it's almost like a magic wand that he had in freaking flash rebirth so how all of this works and stuff because even barry says like i felt something weird with the speed force i don't know the stone or what you know is he trying to do something to connect to it again i have no idea how that works and how it would work here because he is a paradox but would the idea because he is a time traveler that would the clockwork killer who no whoever it is is actually going to target him and he needs batman's help because of something and like we don't know anything about this clockwork killer. Would he even be able to kill somebody like a freaking reverse flash? And we'll have to see. And that's kind of the interesting thing. Again, we're not even really dealing with the clockwork killer that much in this it's issue. Just in the that's background. just there because we have a lot of issues to go. But when you go with the idea and going with Tom King, and I know things get wonky and we kind of got irritated or whatever. Remember at the end when it was revealed where Thawne, reverse flash was kind of taunting thomas wayne and just saying i brought you here to just mess with you Suck it. what you did so he was the one who was able yeah. to grab thomas wayne and bring him into Doesn't the make sense, but he did it no it didn't make sense and then but maybe it's did there. Some evil whispers in his mind to make him go a little bit weird in tom king's batman crazy run. nonsense so it is set there that he was able to do something then but is this one gonna God remember this one no there's a lot of crazy things that get me excited. That's why I like, like Hunter Zalman better because he's like, he's a reverse flash, you know, zoom. But like, for some reason, once Eobard was out of the picture, like, you know, when he's not in the picture, things don't feel as wonky with the speed force in my That's mind what for some reason. The funny thing is, is I ended up reading some old interview with uh, Jeff Johns talking about zoom. And he was like more of the streamlined reverse flash. He's, like, he's the reverse flash that we were able to kind of, you know, get a little streamlined and not have nonsense. But with at the end of this, though, again, that was a character who Thomas Wayne should remember that and know that he was able to get out of this timeline that shouldn't have existed then as well and put into the regular universe. How do you get a hold of a paradox, though? Yeah, it, it's going to be wonky. We're going to or not wonky. It's it's actually pretty wacky because uh, I can't say anything's wonky yet because we haven't got it. But at the end of this, we may have yet another series. That is only established to try to get the fudging up of things by Tom King. 
And I hope that it does make that make more we sense. Have to keep I mean, doing it, that. it's like the, he leaves miniseries in his wake. You know what? Maybe we should applaud freaking Tom King because he's giving a lot of people a lot of jobs. He does give a lot of people everything. Now, I don't know if this is quite that, but there's going to have to be. And I just get the idea that Jeff Johns is doing. The what hero the we hell did he do? What, what did he do with Thomas Wayne? Oh, my. Get my typewriter. Betty. I don't know who Betty is. Okay. And maybe that'll fix that. Now, as we go into this, too, I just want to step aside for one second where we were worried because we were told that that zero issue, that was going to be full out Jeff Johns. Yes. And then you're going to have more of Tim Sheridan and Jeremy Adams step in. Co-writing, yes. And co-write and go with that. And we were really worried that you're going to see this drop off. Oh, my God, what happened? You don't. And I, I applaud we don't know exactly who, what, the percentage No idea, but, not, but this issue plays off just like the last one did, and it feels just They're doing right. great. They're doing a great job. If they are doing this together or whatnot, it, it's well done and, and really does not throw you off at all from what we got in that zero issue. And in fact, I like this more. So that because you get more of a story and you start to get it's because going. because you get more endearing Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald's the best. And even then where you end up having Thomas Wayne, he has to figure out, how did Aquaman know? Why did he send somebody to kill Barry when I was trying to stop this? In a way that, you know, you think that Aquaman, he somehow knows and he wants to not get back because he's he's rolling the roost here. He's on the upper hand. You have to have Thomas Wayne, like, you know, get back into his Batman gear, fly to Great Britain, and go and free a subdued Wonder Woman who's tied up by Aquaman and ready to be drowned, like, as the water rises, to grab the, the uh, magic lasso that she's actually, you know, tied down with. Take that, make sure that Wonder Woman doesn't kill him, and then use the magic lasso against Aquaman and hope that Aquaman doesn't kill him to find out the truth about what he knows about the timeline being fucked up. I'm like, this is some crazy stuff, but it all works out within the story. But Thomas Wayne knows more than everybody else here about what's going on, so he has an agenda, and the whole idea is like, you know, he essentially gives the Amazons the upper hand in this war, which is weird because, you know, you go into this, Atlantis is essentially win. The entire world is fucked because Aquaman is pretty much like, look, you just... Give us everything or we'll destroy you. The end. And Batman here, because of his, like, you know, crusade for the truth to fucking avert things, lets Wonder Woman free, says, go off, do your own thing. Just, you know, I'll let you live. Don't bother me. I will give this back to you. Consider it alone because I need to get some answers from Aquaman. Putting Aquaman in the precarious predicament later on for Wonder Woman to murder him. So essentially, Atlantis is done. The Amazons are back on top with one fell swoop. And then the funny thing about it is, and, and a lot of people are using that frame where wonder woman's like oh my god well you're helping me whatever and he's like none of this matters and walks away and people were using Such that a great a, line they were using it as a diss they Aww, were using man, it as it a this story so well doesn't mean anything character but it works the great way he is in this world and time because it doesn't matter everything if his plan works out all of this man. gets erased he de- so if if what if his plan doesn't work, he might as well just die. I am because you know? yeah, he doesn't care. He no. doesn't want to be around anymore. He was hoping at the end of the last flashpoint he would be back to being dead and his son would be Batman in a better world. So when you have this whole thing, like, what are you going to do now? Doesn't matter. Like, you do whatever you want because nothing matters here. I'm like, and and why I like it's it again? For the people, people are not liking this. It seems certain people, or whatever, because it's oh, I don't want to go back to flashpoint again. But I think again. The idea that Thomas Wayne, who even says in this issue, I've murdered so many people. I mean, I am a bad person, but I saw not just been told that a world could be better yeah. with a son, Bruce, alive. In the, he, he was there. 
He was even trying to help. I heard it. about it. I went there. I saw it. Got some evil whispers in my ear and tried yeah, to rule so it, it got too. Wonky. But even <laughs> when you get to the Just League Incarnate, I mean, he was there trying yeah, to great. save the multiverse. Dr. So, Batman and Preston Superman, world's finest. Yeah. So you end up having this idea of a guy who knows he's been bad. He ended up being able to sacrifice that to, to have. But now after living in that world, knowing that that's better. He doesn't care if he, he he's going to do this or die, but he just needs to try to change this because he doesn't know, and neither do we. We don't know that this is happening in a way that it will. We see that it really doesn't affect our regular timeline or universe, even when we go back to Batman. But he doesn't know that. Thomas doesn't give a shit no. because this world and is shit. And he doesn't know that. And yeah, this this world no deserves to burn. And, and he knows that. I mean, he has nothing. He really has nothing, nothing to lose. And to think of a Batman who's already over the top and will cross the line to have nothing, nothing to lose, it's scary. And when he comes out of the water to shoot those two Atlanteans, it's awesome. When he ends up just ba-boom, and, and that's why I like this. It's Yeah, it's a Thomas Wayne Batman story, but this is Thomas Wayne Batman. This is a little different. This is not Bruce Bat. And I like to see Even that. When Oswald comes to him and says, hey, the casino has been destroyed. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not like I have to be Thomas Wayne or this is my source of income for Batman because for the foreseeable future, I am making sure that this shit never happened. Yeah, you, you would think in his mind, he hopes that, you know, this will be all boy. done. Give him anything he wants. Okay, boss. And again, even that with wah, just wah, do whatever wah. he wants, there's no <laughs> concern, unfortunately, of like, well, let's make sure that he's a good boy going forward because he doesn't want there to be a going forward. Now, the, the last issue of this, we talked we talked about a lot of things. The idea, oh my God, could this Dexter Dent be a weird, you know, ward, almost a young Flashpoint Robin for? And you brought up the idea talking after we got done the show, like always having to have these great ideas. But the idea that you know, as a as a piece of much of a piece of shit as Thomas Wayne is, and wanting this world to burn and just be over with, so that our Earth and timeline can be back to what he thinks it should be. Would he then try to reincorporate the the serum, all the f- formulas that you know make up the Speed Force with young Dexter Dent instead of Barry Allen to be his catalyst to fucking you know go back? And it's such a weird idea. You brought this up to me, and like, oh, this always happens. We had done the show, and now we're gonna forget about it next time. But thankfully, I remember. Like, is that a case? But when we see Penguin teaching Dexter Dent how to shoot, and the idea of the glee in this boy, and who we know that Thomas going to be, I don't think that's the case. Barry Allen, he was who he was, and I just said, like, once that's over, I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, now. here's the deal, though. If you end up having a way, because you would think and hope, maybe, some people don't like Thomas Wayne, but you might think that he'll end up being able to go back to our regular universe and cross over maybe with the help of Reverse Flash, like I said, or whatever. Maybe he'll want to bring Dexter, though. Maybe that Again, would be his a universe word. thing, or is it a timeline thing? We don't know. The idea that he got this goddamn by Omega, Omega Beams... Beams. <laughs> And we're in the middle of forming a omniverse, and I mean, I just like to think the idea, like you know, in Final Crisis, when Batman was hit by the Omega beams, and then he went back in time, and was forced to live all these different lifetimes going through until he eventually set off that trap, you know, that Dark Side put him through. Yeah, this is like you know, in my mind as a kid, like Omega beams, they blow you up, they kill you, they disintegrate. That's it. When they started getting wonky with all the different ideas, almost like you know, Omega it's almost beams different are, kryptonite, or exactly Red K, essentially, you don't yeah, know what's yeah. going to happen with it. So I'm like, all right, so these Omega beams. They done hit Thomas Wayne, and then it caused this thing where Barry Allen's mother got to survive in the Flashpoint universe is back. I'm like, well, that's a tricky ass. Yeah, it is tricky. Now, with that, too, it's like tricky, I said, tricky, tricky. I think I said in that last, you know, zero issue, the idea that it can't just be a time, like it could be a disconnected timeline, but it doesn't seem to be Hyper-time. affecting, doesn't seem to be affecting our 
regular no, timeline in the because it's going on concurrently. And I think that's why. And I said last issue. I think that's why one of the reasons why we see Batman working on the case, so you so know, know that it's what's not happening. affecting exactly. it's not affecting it. So with that though, you've had Thomas Wayne already come. It gets very wonky, and I think that maybe he'll want to go back. But you could end up where Jeff Johns and the Thomas Wayne stuff. It didn't hit with everybody. It was wonky. It was kind of. Maybe this is the final hurrah. Now we could just put him to bed. He's on his own deal, whatever, because maybe he'll just burn the shit down. I hope not. I got this Thomas Wayne Flashpoint action figure over here, and I love this action figure. He looks so cool. And, and do you think that at a point, because like I said, him going back to this Flashpoint universe, within the universe, he knows what should have happened, what did before, whatever, but he does not know that nothing he does or anything he does is affecting things. So when he's doing this, it is, in my mind, Trying to get the regular thing back, even though it's already there. And it'll probably be in vain because it's not going on the way he thinks and it is. And maybe he finds out that that's the case, and then he gets the MO of, I just want to get out of here. Because even when we have Barry show up to the like Batcave with Bruce in our own timeline that's currently going on, he's like, Bruce, Thawne's back. He tried to tap into the Speed Force again, but it spit him out. I tracked him to Gotham to your home, but now. Maybe he's masking his trail. Somehow it ends here. And I'm like, okay, this is a weird situation with Flashpoint. Are there two concurrent timelines going on in the single Earth? And the thing that you're feeling is actually going on in Flashpoint where Thawne is there already and went to Wayne Manor. And you're just feeling it because right now the Speed Force is like almost almost like, you know, connected to both at the same time. And it's almost strained. I don't know. Yeah, like we said, at points we wondered, you know, like the, there's that one sphere of the gods. And there's the two one worlds speed existing force. at one vibration or two things going on that would just like throw things out of whack just enough for people to understand that something is happening right now. And again, when you have this stuff that ties into the button and things like that, the idea where I saw people, oh, why would Bruce want to bring back to, I don't know that he's necessarily in this going, I got to bring back my dad, whatever. Oh, we don't there's know a what mystery to be had. We don't. And there's a mystery to be had. And it involves time travel. It involves time lords and time and masters. Again, I, I don't know. It doesn't certainly involve time masters. But when you bring back Jenny Slater's watch from the Watchmen universe, I don't know how that actually deals I don't know. with time. We're going to have to see. Or is it the idea that we have to use this as a conduit to make sure that we can get to the right Earth, which is the Watchmen universe? It's so crazy. Where the rest of Dr. Liars, Manhattan's sir. power is inside of a little boy who's being freaking raised by Silk Spectre and Night Owl, and he has the what, the power I need to do what I need to do that's left. His and name we is had Clark him mention Clark. Clark. We had him mention on that board the time. So you have to figure out maybe this is just you know at the end i mean maybe the the idea it's intriguing it's a lot and maybe it's supposed to be a lot because the stuff that we're talking about isn't stuff we're making up now there's a lot of nonsense that has gone on since rebirth especially especially with this thomas wayne stuff and maybe by the end this is just to correct some things and to explain what all this means and things like that and even be an epilogue to freaking doomsday clock to make it actually mean something for the overall universe yeah and that got all wonky at the end and they kind of it wasn't going to be involved in everything then it was then you get jeff johns with his classic like five years from now we're going to have the four war and you know that nonsense i want to see how more it connects and if it really plays out you can maybe even connect it a bit to Dark Crisis, the crises and everything going. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that because of the timing and whatnot, but I'm intrigued by this. And then seeing Batman, he goes, Thomas Wayne goes and he needs the lasso, like you said, but the lasso has one. So to get the lasso, he has to undo it, the one, but try to convince her not to kill him. She runs off, goes and then kills poor Aquaman. And when he is there waiting, because he says at midnight, whatever, I'm going to sink all of Britain and I win. 
It really felt like he has set the doomsday clock there to go as he's going to do this. He gets the trident. He touches the sea orb. This will all happen. Wonder Woman comes in and stabs his ass. and So this changes a lot of things going on. But again, like Thomas Wayne said, it doesn't matter to him. He needs to stop this. Anything that is happening in his mind will not matter if I am able to accomplish my goal. Now, in the meantime, because of the time travelers being killed in this universe, this clockwork kit, is that somebody who definitely was involved, we would think, in killing Barry even, kind of getting Scavenger involved in things, because they don't want to get out of this. They want everybody to suffer. They want this to do. And how does that tie in with old Corky and everything else going on? Corky Baxter. Who, is he out of time? Is he a weird ghost right now? Why does Barry not know that Corky Baxter's in the Batcave? Yeah, so you end up where Corky, or he's a figment of an imaginary. The, the weird thing about Corky is Corky ends up having a history. He gets older. He's not always there with the coonskin hat, yeah. you know, laughing up. He commits suicide. That's how Corky ends up dying. It's brutal. And he ends up killing himself. So this is the ghost of Corky Baxter? Because even the idea, like, where are we if Corky, Corky Baxter killed himself before? And, like, does that count for our timeline? Because the universe has been remade so many times. How often do we deal with Time Masters outside of Rip Hunter? When you end up having crises and you have resets and things like that, how does that deal with, and even alternate timelines and things like Like, how does this eventually affect Time Lords and what they're involved with? And maybe we're getting some a little bit of that and we'll get an explanation even that since this is the younger version of quirky uh quirky baxter maybe this actually just takes place in a time when he was still young and he will eventually grow up to kill himself so it's not out of real like sync with anything it just hasn't happened for quirky yet it's just sad i was looking up i'm all quirky you look so fun there with your coon skin cap and your your dennis the menace slingshot and whatever that drum that you're playing i don't know why you have a drum what are you neil what's he neil pert what are you doing there playing yyz drummer you know get out of here Get out of here, John Bonham. I'll just go there down. Go. I'll let Charlie Watts, Ringo Stone. Oh, my favorites. But, yeah, with all of that, though, you end with that deal of our Batman talking to Barry, trying to figure some things out. Barry says he senses this reverse flash coming out. We'll keep an eye on that. And then at the end with Corky there, just like, hey, you know, too late to undo this. Yes, it is. Like, oh, God. So, yeah, we'll have to see how this is played out. I was intrigued, and I really liked it. I thought that this issue was well done. I liked the dialogue in it. I was really into even the just The continues for me after that issue number zero, where I'm like, you know, I really thought there was going to be a follow-off after that issue zero going into this new writing team doing this, the books for the completion. But this is as strong, if not strong, as the last issue, and it looks great throughout. I'm so intrigued in this, even though Flashpoint is a, a divisive thing for a lot of people. Give it a shot because it's doing something new with an old place that you might not have liked. But by the end of this, like Thomas Wayne said, it might not matter because we're doing something, but it might overall. And it might be something that you want to check out because things might change here because we are playing with a new set of rules. Yeah. And and when you sit there, I don't want Flashpoint back. Well, neither does Thomas Wayne. He wants to end this. He, he already did it. Thomas once. Wayne is us in this. Yeah, he is. And he's, I just want to get back to this not doing anything and. This world, even if he does find out, well, it doesn't really affect. It's still an awful world. You said it. Just burn it down. Like, this is awful. And he's letting things go already. Like, yeah, I don't care. Casino, what the hell? Oh, I wonder what nah. Because it doesn't matter to him. Because he doesn't want this. There's nothing to set up for later. He wants to end it. And if he doesn't, he's probably going to die trying. So he doesn't care. I think that that's really cool. What would you give it? 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 9. I'm going to go 9 out of 10. I really, really like this. I like that first zero issue, but this, I feel like, oh, man, like there's something here. And it feels like you're getting a lot. 
but you still have a ton more, and we have a lot of issues left. So I, I really like that. It doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel forced. I thought it was really good. Let's go to the face. next one now. Go to the next one. Speaking of time, Eric, what is next? <laughs> Batman Killing Time, number three, written by Tom King with art by David Marquez, Alejandro Sanchez, and Clayton Cows. And I realized while reading this issue that Batman, the title Killing Time, is the queuing of the narr- the progression of time throughout this series because I hate just downright hate the Pulp Fiction style of storytelling because even Pulp Fiction felt like it had more of a timeline like felt real than what we have here because this is just jumping around for the sake of jumping around and telling you different times and this is like there might be an actual good story here you got some excellent art here to find out what's in the box the eye of Jesus and how that's going to deal with anything going forward with our Batman Catwoman Penguin Riddler and the help as we find out here there's a compelling story here but if it was told I can tell you I think we talked about it the last issue I want someone to make a supercut of this where everything is just a, like a straight line progression and storytelling because I think there might be something here. But from this issue, I have no idea why we are going back in time to ancient Greece from any of this. I, I And even in the regular timeline, you know, while we're going through it and you're going to go 30 minutes before, 10 minutes before, 30 minutes ahead. Three months later. It gets later. so wonky. <laughs> and the thing is, not everybody loves Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction. I love it. I think yeah, that that well. movie is great. One of my favorite movies of all time and where... I say you can't do that. Like a lot of people try to do this time jumping thing and whatever. It's not easy. And what ends up in Pulp Fiction, what happens is you watch a movie where it's out of time. But when the first time you watch it, you're like, you're thrown back a bit. Where, But then you're like, okay, I get it. Then when you watch it the second time, you're like, oh, my God, this fits perfectly. You start getting these crazy ideas. I'm never reading this again. This this is boring to me, and the jumping back and forth just seems to do it to try to make the story seem more intelligent or more like a Pulp Fiction, where I don't see some of these jumps where you jump back to see, oh, Catwoman pushed the Batmobile off of the well, thing. Well, even the oh, idea okay. when you have a Catwoman and Riddler trying to escape from their safe house because this character, the help, had shown up and shot Riddler until Batman, like, you know, distract enough for our villains to get away, but... Here's Catwoman, uh, like, you know, driving the Batmobile until she couldn't anymore. And then here's Catwoman stealing a truck with Riddler until she couldn't anymore. And it's just two of our main characters and just just kind of driving away. And that's all you get for the progression of those characters for the most part. And it's this time jumping thing is like, you know, a hack like me where you're not. It doesn't seem like the time jumping is necessarily helping the story and he does it too much i mean if you go and rewatch pulp fiction or anything that does that well you might be shocked that there's not that many times where you're going you know you just have a couple co you know co-running storylines that end up jumping back and then they all hit together and almost like what he tried to do with bat cat now that seems more like what that but this one you even have like a box where it's glowing, so you have that. Yeah. You end up that's very Pulp Fiction esque. You have what's in the box? Character, the help that seems a lot like Harvey Keitel's The, the wolf. wolf at a point. Yeah. You end up at a point where instead of Mister Black, Mister Pink, you end up having Mister Sardine. I mean, he almost <laughs> feels like he is trying to give, and almost even like it's a Pulp Fiction with a little bit of Reservoir Dogs involved as well of how a heist went bad, how a play went wrong, and whatnot. But even in this issue, we kind of see some of the things, and then it kind of gets wonky and turns. But at the end, you end up, why are you telling a story where you're trying to keep people off balance to a point where they're going to get frustrated and leave? There, There is a fine line when you're playing the game like this, and I think that he's gone too far 
on the other side because some of the things I think are intriguing. Some of the things are pretty cool. When you see this guy, the help, who Oswald ends up sending out, he almost died. And at one point, Oswald, when he's in, he actually looks like Darth Vader without the mask. That made yeah. me laugh. I'm like, oh, nobody wants to see that. But when he writes a note to his, you know, helper, Mr. Sardine, call the help. Kill, kill them, them all. all like oh shit oh my god where's cliff burton you end up where all of this there like kill them all he doesn't necessarily seem to go by like what exactly is he doing and who is all and what it seemed like a weird play in this but you end up with him fighting batman which is cool he's like 80 years old too but it's it's cool but it's all flash and pomp and, and the thing is, i like the idea of this over-the-top character who is so skilled that it's like this guy you call he's like, this, like you said the wolf but a fixer kind of guy he's that a you fixer. don't want to go up against but when he can easily subdue batman who's one of our greatest fighters in the dc universe so like oh i see this this is ted grant you know i once did this where i beat the shit out of him like you're just saying these it's, things it's to try to elevate your too, character right? here and it is extended to the point where he even says oh rachel ghoul taught you this you're going through the people that taught Bruce Wayne, and for some reason we make a point in this where I think, like, you know, maybe Tom King had a weekend where he watched Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and Batman Begins, and he had these ideas stuck in his head because now in Tom King's world, Rachel Gould trained Bruce said, Wayne in fighting techniques. He gets a weird wonky idea of what he says is continuity well, and, the thing and things is, like it, that. It, it takes up a big portion of what the story we have so far because during the last day of Bruce's training before he's going to leave, you know, Rachel's like, when you leave, they're like, I'm not going to leave, Master. Look, don't lie to me. You're, you're, good at, you're my best student, but you're not that great of a liar. I know you're going to leave, tonight, but I left you a present in your bedroom. And the present seems to be this box that when Bruce would finally get back to Gotham, he would put in the lockbox, which now in our story, Riddler would eventually steal. And in the story, we find out it's the eye of Jesus Christ. And throughout this whole thing with the background, it seems like the eye supposedly has a mystical property. Like at one point, maybe the eye was meant to be given to Bruce to bring his parents back to life. And he never did anything with it because Bruce is not an idiot because sometimes that is better. And in this some time before that, a kid who steals the, uh, the eye from a church, even though it's like sacrilegious, he puts it in the coffin of his sister who's dead, thinking but that kid just ends up sitting at his grave at her graveside until he eventually dies himself. And then even when the help who t- subdues Batman, kills the buyer, eventually shows up to Riddler's safe house, he finds out what it is, and now he's gonna rearrange a new deal with the penguin where he wants the item because he's getting a little old. He wants to make sure they can continue on the way he is. And I'm like, have we seen the eye of Jesus Christ do anything? Because right now, no, we didn't like see anything. And the weird thing is when you have that kid, that's the big one. The kid steals it now. Is it because he's got sin in his heart? But he ends up putting, he ends up, it's almost the play of like the magic mirror where you look and see your greatest, you and you die because you end up not eating or whatever and you die. Why? Or the greatest wish. I got yeah, you. He yeah. ends up just dying uh, because he's there at this grave so or whatnot. It's just right. like, oh, well. And that didn't work. And then they end up finding it. And and it's a lot of like the Tom King stuff. Now, I do like the line where Raish says, hey, I got a present for you when you leave tonight. Oh, I'm not going to leave. And he's like, listen, you're too good to actually be the best. You're a pretty good liar, but you're, you're never going to be that. But the weird part of this is, and I always say this, it doesn't work out in any sort of way of timing, but it really feels like Tom King's like, What's Chip Starsky doing right now? He's doing the, oh, I'm going to one-up him. And, and it just felt weird, even though I know that's probably not possible or whatnot. But when he ends up where Batman has this eye, he's going to throw it off a mountain. He doesn't want it, but, you know, he hesitates. Put it in his pocket. But then he puts it away, and you start to think again, are you going too big with this help who can beat the crap out of But Like, why wasn't he called in every other time? 
that the penguin had a problem or anybody else. Also, the idea of this eye, why isn't he putting this somewhere where it really can't be stolen? It just gets wonky, some of the details of it. But by the end, you're kind of setting up that this eye doesn't work. What does it do? Whatever. To the bit where now the help who says he's all about the fixing and the yeah. time is of an essence where once it's, he it's realizes the problem though of a guy who has a strict moral codes and always gets the job done. I think of the transporter person as like, you know, you always just take the job, you don't look at what you're driving or anything like that until that one time that Jason Statham looked and now he has to go against it. And but do that's all that the stuff. weird thing is when you have that, it usually is the play like the transporter where he finds out and now he's gotta do the right thing and the right thing for the help is to make sure that he lives on yeah that's not the right he's it's all self it felt weird that it was a selfish thing like that in this and even then i think the play is that's not the buyer who shows up part of the 80 years ago doing that you know i kind of want to live on with the eye of jesus christ he's pretty still fighting spry and stuff like that at one point he doesn't want to reveal his age which i thought was kind of a cool thing to be and then he says it later but when that guy shows up that doesn't seem to be the buyer because then he says to him, hey, I know what it's like to be the guy who is the in-between to go and show up and exchange the thing. Because it, who is like, I guess it doesn't matter anyway who the real buyer is. But he's able to torture this guy to see what he was going to pick up and ends up. But I thought that one of the big things was going to be who this buyer was. And it doesn't seem like that's going to be a thing. Because could it be Rache trying to get it back? Like, there's a lot of things that I thought. That'd be kind of cool if we find out that. Or is it is it like the craziest thing that Tom King will play where it's Bruce who said they like some wacky thing? I like, just think it's going to be a nobody because the thing is like obviously yeah. you're going for the like the history and the superstition about what is this object is and yeah, like, you know, know. what it can do for you and stuff like that. I think it's all going to be bubkiss because the idea I of think even it will like, be too. you know, what is left of the eye of Jesus Christ? Is it just a miraculous thing we that always going to sustain itself so it will always be there? But like, I don't even know. It's just. But anything that we've seen of it so far, this bitch doesn't work. So you just take your money and run when somebody wants to buy it. It it almost makes it seem, and and you ended up having where uh, Brian Michael Bendis did in that Batman universe deal uh, with with what's-her-name Hex. I can't even remember her. Oh, Ginny? Ginny. Jenny Hex, when she had that uh, egg deal that was part of the Jonah Hex, you know, treasures or whatever. Yeah. And Batman was upset because she ended up like giving it away. The Fabergé egg, that's worth $5 billion. You're going to pay me $5 billion for it? Nope. And Nobody I kind of get like it. at the end, we're going to get that idea of like, well, it is the eye of Jesus, but how can you prove that? What does it do? Whatever. So it's, it's the most, I mean, it would be the craziest thing to ever have, but is it because it doesn't seem, and maybe it just doesn't do anything. And maybe. I don't and maybe, know. Like you said, maybe you got to be pure of heart. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how you play this again when you have a penguin who Does looks it keep like you he's alive? there. Does it resurrect the dead? I don't know. You know, it looks like penguins about to die. Is he going to need it? And all this stuff where you're jumping through time where it's just the pacing is so off. I do like, though, like some of the scenes. Again, you have later in like the 1800s, you end up having a bunch of people. Rach has Farmers. gotten them to go and dig. They're digging. Yeah. When they find it, everybody's murdered. And it's kind of, but what does it do? Well, it doesn't I mean, do anything because, end, he is, you know, like a century after this, race is going to give it as a present to Bruce Wayne before he leaves. And then Batman, he's, again, you want to go? It's a chopper, baby. I'm surprised that he didn't get that thing from Zed. You know, you end up, he leaves that money there and goes up. There's so many things from Pulp Fiction here. It's so ridiculous. But at the end, you never know, like, it's a Tom King thing. What are we here for? What are we interested in? Are we interested in this character, the help? Are we interested in the eye of Jesus? I'm interested to find out how the eye of Jesus 
goes back to the stuff that we saw previously in the flashbacks to ancient Greece. Yeah, again, maybe we'll see some weird thing. We'll go to Galilee. I, I don't know. And that's the thing. I don't know what I'm supposed to be enjoying here. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. It almost feels How like... How is going to tie back to that priestess of Athena sitting there watching a play go watching down? Watching the play. She needed that extra eye. She's got the eye of Jesus. And then it's like, no, no, no. You didn't know. It's the eye of Jesus. It was a guy who lived down the street. You end up, though, with this... this Zeus, you say? What <laughs> is the What is the focus here? Because we're not getting a ton of Batman. We end up, actually, if you want to go with the idea, Batman done messed up and got this thing stolen from him and going and trying to get that back. But everybody's one step ahead. He gets the crap kicked out of him by the help, then gets knocked out. Well, now even the idea where we have the help going and doing things like right away here. Now I have to go back. Do I have to go back to issue one and two to figure out everything that the help has done? Like, did he kill the Killer Croc's girlfriend then? Like, you know, kill everybody involved? Like, does he have to go and kill Killer Croc now and freaking Blackgate? No, I, I, you know, Tom King has a lot of fans. I understand that. But every time we get a story like this and it's this mystery and what's going on, at the end, things are fudged. So I'm not, I'm not even going to, I'm just waiting. And again, this is why I think that most people, if they wanted to get involved, would probably trade weight. That's the best way to do it. And then sure. you can read it all at once. And then you can see if it connects. But a lot of times Tom King is more about the in the now wow moment, in the now try to do this. And then he gets bored with things, it seems. Or that was a swerve. That wasn't a swerve. But then, you know, all I can think of is the puddlers in the Heroes in Crisis or, or things where we were worried in the I Am Suicide where you end up having... Uh, you know, people left-handed, right-handed. Is this a clue? Is the idea that he's... And it never ends up... I am suicides where I gave up on Batman. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I ended up waiting and going until at least close to the, you know, jokes and riddles, but then I was kind of done. But yeah, in this, you have a couple moments that are okay, but I just, I need to know if they're going to be worthwhile and keeping on with it. But the art's really good. And the art's you know, amazing. Even, even at the end, uh, there's Selena with the eye of Jesus hanging out at the zoo. With yeah, a bunch of lines and tech. Again, what is this doing? What, what are you doing? Nonsense. But what do you give it? I would end up giving this a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm a 5.5 as well. And it's one of those, again, if it ties... There's uh, good parts of this book, but it's it's bogged down by the, its own framing device to make sure like it wants to be as obtuse as it can be to tell this story. And I don't need that shit. Just tell me a good story. And I can't say at this point in time there is a good story here. There's elements to a good story. But it's it's way too hard to try to dig through this shit to find it. The weird part about it is this last issue you praised his Riddler, and it was almost God. This could be a no, story no. where it's I praised his Riddler because Tom King was finally able to do a good riddle. But he did that. But you also love the idea that Tom King seemed to be playing that he couldn't get out of his own way and playing yeah, that. Yeah, I do like that. Of it, and you really liked it. This issue Riddler's shot doesn't do much. And then he gets away. That's just what I'm saying. He ends up getting away from that, and now it's I of Jesus. I'm like, I don't know. That seems like it's something like a little too far. Like you went a little too goddamn far here. I say that. I shouldn't say that in that phrase, but it just felt like he was tr like he always is trying too much. And then at the end, he's like, oh, that didn't matter. And by the way, Jesus, I, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. But yeah, 5.5 are good story wonky. You don't need to jump through time to do this. And this narration at one point, I'm like, oh, my. It's Batman. Oh, no, it's not Batman. Oh, it's oh, no, it's not him. I don't even know who the hell's telling. Is it Jesus? Is he telling it, Eric? Is he our narrator? Because it goes back and forth in weird ways. But with all that, I that's I stopped worried end. about it. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying. And also, by the way, 
you do have a lot of names being thrown about in places oh, yeah. and things like that. I thought about writing them all down this time to buy them, but it wasn't as bad as before. No, and the thing is, he's gotten so far down the line that I think one of them is his neighbor. I, I'm like, I don't even recognize. So I just, I just passed along. I'm not even going to get mad at that anymore. Uh, it was last issue was so over the top, but this one's like, all right, whatever, keep doing what you're doing. That's what my grandfather would say, Eric. But after all that, that's that's that section, Eric, the Batman. I don't know if you uh, realize that, but that I'm was wrong the turn. Batman this bitch is section. Batman bitch. Ah, but we'll go off now. We're going to take a little break and come back with some Eric Shea books. Got a good test for C and Suicide Squad ending, and we'll be back with that in a second. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair, blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just Eric Shea. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. Ah, yes, Eric, you are my muse and my bias, as I always say. Just like the way you unzip your pants, huh? That's pretty much why, Eric. I love the way that you unzip your pants, is what I always say. But we have two books at the end, and if you ever had a section of two books that works so well together. So It it is this. This actually is like the idea that I ended up kind of getting everything based around this last section, because they had to be together, Task Force C and Suicide Squad. They are just two books that just go so well together, Eric, even with the idea that the Suicide Squad book ending in such a disappointing way from what we had at the beginning. It's it's so odd, the the progression of how that book went from the beginning out of the future state. state. Yeah, I mean, setting up what would be that War for Earth 3 and kind of the averted future with that, maybe, but... The idea that the book was really big on... That feature seems kind of like it went it's almost exactly where it's supposed to go. Well, again, you end up where, are we ever going to get to that fully? And I don't know, because even when you go into the Star Crisis, like, you think it's even going to be that big a thing. I thought that the whole Amanda Waller... Or th- I, I don't know anymore. It, it almost feels like, like, yeah, that didn't work out. Well, Let's see what's going on. The War for Earth 3, it seems like at some point during the 11th hour of Dark Crisis, Amanda Wall will come back with her Justice Squad you would trying think to save the that day. Maybe it would be. I have a feeling it'll be like part, like a, a panel or a side thing on a spread page. Oh, I remember that. That was the War for Earth at 3. At the end of that, in the future, at some point, they were on Earth 3, which was mislabeled as Earth 0, or they were back yeah, on Earth 0. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll have to figure this out. But even with that we have test for z the idea of a book that we again it had a weird swerve in this and i don't know if it was that they ended up changing up what was going to be or whatnot but now we're just kind of like oh well everything that you had that led up to the one point that kind of gets scrubbed aside it burned to the ground amanda waller skedaddle she's out of here and so you end up having to have jason trying to make things right with this kind of you know cobbled together Test for C, where they're more concerned of getting the Lazarus resin, things like that, and take down or at least grab Mr. Bloom. And when we get into it, I don't know. I, I didn't mind this issue, and I kind of like this idea of Jason leading the deal, but it does seem like, you know, it's not as big well, or whatever. It's going through the motions at this point in time now that we're in the middle of the story to get to the ending because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of story left for where we are because even in the last year, it's like, oh my God, Mr. Bloom and uh, Powers International people came in and they wiped this queen of all of our Lazarus resin. Well, don't worry. We still have Fishman, who was our original donor, 
We'll try to get as much Lazarus resin out of his blood that we can to synthesize what we can for the team that we have for the final push against Mr. Bloom in this issue. Ah, uh, shit, it's all gone again. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny, too, because in this you have, and covers are all deceiving and things. Oh, yeah, I don't trust them. Better look at and them. And Tess versus Z, it's, it's selling okay, but the idea that you have this cover, and then you try to play it off at the beginning where it's a, a dream, and you know what it is. I mean, it doesn't even, it, yeah, I mean, really, who one person's dream and you give them nightmares, Eric. I think you tweeted that once. Uh, with that, it's like one person's hamburger, another guy's nightmare. I think it was back in the day. But you end up where it's like, really? Like, wh- why did we start this? This seems silly. I want to get to the story. I want something to mean something. But you give us the credits and then we'll get into it. Task Force Z, number seven, written by Matthew Rosenberg, with art by Jack Herbert, Daniel HDR, Adriana Lucas, and Rob Ray. And another thing that seems like we're just going through the motions at this point in time, on top of the Lazarus Resident, going missing last time, getting some more here, enough to put the team together, and then losing it again because Mr. Freeze, he gets a little greedy and wants to be alive again, like, who wouldn't? In the thing is, it feels like we're going back to the, going through the motions because previously when we found out about, you know, this other lab doing Lazarus Resident material, we were confronted with the Suicide Squad, who I felt at the time was another Task Force Z, only through the Powers International, where you had KGBs, Copperhead, Madam Crow, Solomon Grundy, and some other folks and stuff like that, only to find out in the next issue after that one that no, it's just a regular Suicide Squad. And now they're all spread to the wind, but we have KGBs who's back as a zombie, and in this issue, now we have to gather up all those rogue Suicide Squad members now that they realize that Amanda Waller's gone, they can go back to living their life. We gotta go back and we gotta kill them and put them on our task force. That's the craziest thing. The idea that you thought they were zombies already. Then we find out they're not, but to get them on the team and make them stick with, they have to kill them and make them zombies and go, I'll tell you though, never thought we were gonna get that victim squad. The victim syndicate? Oh my god, that, that, that's crazy. There's the first victim. Look at him. The, The idea that we see the first victim, but seems to be not at the head of the table threw me off right away where Madam Crow's there. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But you end up even having, you know, Mr. Noxious, Mud-Faced, Mute, all these. I'm like, what the heck? I never thought we'd the see that. So that. That actually ended up where I was impressed a bit by that, that you were going to deep dive to get them, though. It doesn't matter. It doesn't give you anything. I wanted to at the last second. As they're leaving, the first victim yells, by the way. I'm Eric Shea or something, just a name, whatever <laughs> it would be. Like, you? Oh, my God, we've been waiting. But, yeah, you, it's you so do at least see it them. It doesn't look like Mudface got the redemption we hoped for. Maybe she saw that Clayface went back to basic bitchness and she's like, I'm doing it too. feels like time has stopped for the victim syndicate. and they're just, Time has stopped for them. They're just here at Mr. Noxious's current home and safe house. But even that, you end up where Jason wakes up from the nightmare. They say, oh, that's just what happens with the Lazarus. Oh, we got Lazarus. Well, we kind of have what we have and we synthesize it, it gets feels a little wonky. weird, too, because we do start out with the idea that Jason Todd is having a dream about all these zombified versions of the like the Batman's robes gallery coming after him, stuff like that. Even being confronted in too tight kid Robin costume that he's now a man. And I actually really love this panel. That was hilarious. The idea he's confronted with Batwoman and Nightwing in that old time too tight Robin costume. And it's, it's just a dream overall. It's filled with zombies and nonsense and stuff that he's always dealing with as Jason Todd the Red Hood. But we're getting this whole thing where he wakes up in the nightmare and you have the clones there that are just talking about the idea. Or maybe that's a side effect of the, uh, the, the Lazarus resin that you're having these. And it's a weird play that we've been having on because at one point it seemed like Jason Todd didn't know that he was given Lazarus resin. At one point it seemed like he did know that he was on Lazarus. And we're back to the idea now that he's just figuring out, oh my God, you told me you didn't inject me with Lazarus resin. So I don't know how we're playing this off, but 
you know, Jason, for some reason, even in this issue, maybe he's still in the dark. Like, he told me you didn't do that. Well, maybe they didn't. I don't know. But it doesn't really matter except for maybe Jason isn't, uh, maybe he's on more borrowed time than he knows because we don't even know how much Lazarus resin he was given. If it was enough now that we are out, will he start decaying going back to dead? I don't know. I really do hope that's where this story plays out. But right now, we know that Mr. Bloom has stolen all of Lazarus resin. We want to get it back. And we need to take down Jerry uh, Powers and her Lazarus Resin research because Two-Face, he wants to hold that card. That's where he wants to be in life as the leader of the, the person who get in charge of doing that. So we have Zombie Mr. Freeze, Zombie KG Beast, and Zombie Bane as our team with Red Hood as we go out to try to recruit the rest of the Suicide Squad members who got away like Copperhead, you know, Madam Crow, um, or freaking, um, I can't even think of the rest of them. Like even said, Solomon Vic- Grundy at one Solomon point Grundy, they want to grab, Victor's yeah. Zaz, like uh, Madam Crow and all these characters and stuff like that and, and Copperhead. But we'd essentially go on to a scavenger hunt with this where we break up into teams where everybody just goes after their individual person to get them back in here. And it's so funny to me too because you end up killing all of these members so we have a reason to you know, bring them back so they will work with us for the promise of life even though we don't have any juice really left at the end of this whole thing. But it's such a weird thing that Simon Grunny is just hanging out like, oh, yeah, I'm already dead. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll work with you, Bane. It's fine. Yeah, and, and with that, first off, I did like the idea at the beginning in that dream. I mean, why not have a full – I needed more of a page so I can use that picture where you do have Jason, and it is where – it looks like he tried desperately. It's like a guy who's trying to put on his Letterman jacket again. He's there trying. He could barely button that Robin shirt on. Everything's showing. But in that, you I've also get like that. you also get Joker who's pretty much Alfred in the back costume, old old skinny Joker dressed up as bad. It made me laugh. But when you go to the point where you end up having the Resurrection Twins, the Shelley Twins, they end up they're they're talking too much, and when they end up revealing. The idea to Mr. Freeze, oh, yeah, we have all this, and if you get all that, like, you're going too far. Almost as if they're trying to do that in a wink-wink way at one point. But when you get to the point they're killing all the things that's a scavenger hunt already, but when you end up with Solomon Grundy, there is that deal. I'm like, this could be pretty good where this zombie Bane ends up saying, listen, Solomon, I knew, I thought you were nonsense before, but now that I kind of am living your life, he really is like a Solomon Grundy Hey, Simon, how about this? Can we just be friends? friends? Yeah, and he's like, I know how you dealt with it. I didn't know it was that bad. And really, I just want to be friends. Friends? I'm like, now we're getting the Solomon Grundy, almost like the one we have in Harley. I love where Solomon Grundy ends up because he's he's just Solomon Grundy. If somebody, you know, understand, I like that. And they end up having that. But we're, I don't think we're going to do much it's with it. It's such a disappointment, though, because you have Grundy in the sewers, as you expect him to be now that he's escaped the Suicide Squad. And he just wants to be sitting there with a friend. I just want him to go and hang out with Harley or Kevin or something along those lines. But he has a rat in his head. Friend is small. Grundy protects small friend. So, and then you have Zombie being, Solomon Grundy, you will come with me. And then out of the rage, no Grundy, no prisoner. It's of my he cement. squashes his rat friend, and I'm so upset. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my, I was Lenny. only friend, Solomon. Oh, my goodness. But he gets a new one, Bane. I prefer the rat. The rat didn't kill Alfred. Even when you're doing this, there's some cool little plays. And I don't know. The the syndicate deal, the uh, the victim the syndicate, syndicate yeah. just felt like the Samson family when you go in. It, it just had that feel. Because they like, a lot of land. And they're just sitting there in the thing eating. And, hey, is it getting cold in here? Certainly is. Yeah, you go, but nothing's really hitting that great here. But I don't mind it, especially when we go and I see little baby Kurt Langstrom, little baby bat. It, maybe it's like Bat Boy is what it well, reminds it me of. It's in Bat his little Boy diapers. from the Weekly World News. Yeah. But when oh, the it idea made me laugh. That, 
you know, Mr. Bloom came back with the head of Kurt Langstrom as Man Bat. Now this is going to be his prototype to, like, you know, reverse engineer the so Lazarus and to try to do something. He's like, oh, yeah, but Jerry, I've been experimenting with altering the way his body is reconstructed, so it's going a bit slower. He's just playing tickle tickle with a little baby yeah. like body or with a big old fucking man bat head on it. I'm like, it's weird. You, you are a problem, <laughs> Mr. Bloom. He Nobody is. should mean, ever do anything with you. No, and it looks like Jerry's like, oh my god, like you, you're disgusting. Yet. I I don't like this. But the whole overall deal of this, and I swear to God, there's nothing that Mr. Bloom will be able to do here to make any of this work out for him. He is just biding his time to do some more fucking. Yeah, he is. He's just biding his time, and even then, you need to. Because you have Jason going off, he's got to get Zaz. And there, there's some nice moments or cool moments when they're doing this, but it does feel like it's padded, it's extending, even with the concept overall of what's going on, where it seems like Harvey, Two-Face, he, ju- he just wants to have himself a suicide squad. He'll even lie to say that, oh, yeah, I'm still this. He's flashing badges and things. Everybody knows that it's not real, even Jerry, where he goes in to have this meeting of like, hey, you know, you want to kind of team up, we'll do this, whatever. I'm going to end up, and she's like, you're nothing. Like, we know what's going on. We know that you're a wanted man. Like, get the hell out of here. And he's like, oh, well, that didn't work out. But he didn't think it would anyway. Just the idea, though, that he gets all fucking big dick about it, this interaction. I've got an army. We're going to storm your goddamn bullshit right here, only to get back. Yeah, Mr. Freeze came back and he stole all of our stuff and we have nothing. Like, I just threatened one of the most powerful women in this city. What am I going to do now? Yeah, and he says, I, I said I had an armor. Not only can we bring back the people that we just killed, to, but half of our team now is dead. They're falling. KGB, Spain, they're they're done. They're just falling. So you end up where he does Possibly freak out. Jason. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So all these, I'm just looking, you know, that like, poor Madam Crow is there in, in a block, in of, block ice of ice still. And they're trying to figure out what they can do and, and how they're going to do it and all that. But it's- So now all we have is the Resurrection clone twins, Jason Todd, Two-Face, and Solomon Grundy as our entire Task Force Z team. Yeah, and again, you have... And not a- any of them legitimate zombies, because even like Solomon Grundy, he's not exactly yeah, a, a, that's, a and that normal works zombie. Because at least he doesn't need that. Like okay. He'll be able to go, we don't know about Jason, that's one. He's a cursed-ass plant monster. Yeah, to really. Agree. Yeah, yeah, really. And so... They may have to go and, you know, there's not enough of the resin. They can't get it. In the meantime, Mr. Freeze is out just laughing because he's back to life and all that. And because, uh, again, they the resurrection, they ended up talking too much. Oh, you know, if you took all this and like, really, like, you don't think he's going to do this. And they even the one yells at the other. What are you talking like that? Just walks up there doing this stuff. This is enough resin to bring one from the dead momentarily. This, this is enough to bring someone back to life permanently. We need to split it up between the whole. Amelia, stop talking now. I know. <laughs> I will tell you this, though, on top of everything else, when we have the idea that Mr. Bloom is a, a weird fucking monster that wants to make man bat babies to do whatever research he needs to do for the Lazarus resident, he does say to Jerry, Jerry, can you help me get access to the Miracle formula you were working with? I believe it was codenamed Project Snakebite. Now, if you have a Mr. Bloom whose powers are already fucking immense and scary and stuff like that, you add Miracle to the mix, I feel like he's just going to be, like, he doesn't even care about the last resident. He is just going to take the Miracle and become a super strong freaking monster himself, and you're not going to do anything to stop him with all that. Yeah, and that's, it seems like that's like, and the way he plays it out, it seems like he's trying to be subtle about it. Like, oh, by the way, like, I'm more just interested in the work, stuff Bloom. I'm doing here, but I hear this thing. Can I get a say? She's like, stick to your work. And it's funny because, we even had a mention of Miracle in the Flashpoint Beyond. I'm like, boy, it's coming up strong. It's, it's like, you know, it's hot this week. It's the hotness. But with all of that, I'm interested in this book still. 
but it's not anything I look forward to anymore. It ends up showing up and I read it. I like well, seeing like Jason I said, Todd. It's, it's going through its paces right here. It's getting a little bit not in this and how it's doing things and telling the story because I feel like we're still at the same spot we were, you know, three issues ago, two issues ago, something along those lines where we're just in a, like between a rock and a hard place and we hit made, we don't just have, zo- we don't have zombies anymore, even though we spent a whole issue getting killing people to make zombies. What's our next move? And I feel like we just have to wait for Mr. Bloom to make his to figure out what yeah, the next move is. And, and I don't think there's anything in this that they, uh, oh man, we didn't know that Amanda Waller was going to leave, so we had to do it. That, that doesn't seem like, this seems to be what the story was, and it's just an odd in-between, this middle section, this stanza, if you will. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it really was even, well planned out and go. It's even just when we get to deal. the end of this, like, oh my God, we don't have any resin. Did anybody stash any, do anything with it? And there's Jason Todd. Yeah, I, I did. But the guy I gave it to, he's not going to want to give us back. So the idea that we says next up, let's rob Batman. So we're just going back to like, you know, having the team that we have and going to, I don't know, we're even going to break into the Batcave. It's going to be weird, but I'm just forcing Batman in this book. Yeah, and maybe they'll go to one of those. The haunt. The micro caves? You know, maybe it's the haunt. Eh? Maybe it's that new stupid cave that they have. Who knows? We'll have to see where he garage. might have put it. He's like, well, listen, they were able to steal Jesus's eye. So let's just get this shit and get out of here. But at the end, it's it's one of those things. Like I said, I don't look for it. I don't, I'm not mad about it. I don't read it. Either. It's okay. I like the art at point, but it just, it's not hitting with me as much as it was at the beginning. And it's, it's gone a little down from how, I, how excited I was, especially getting a Jason Todd. And having kind of a, a neat little deal with these zombies and a different type of task force. But even that, like, seems too, like, we're past the idea. Like, Lazarus Resin seems like yesterday. Oh, that's so, you know, yesterday. So okay. Yeah, it's like, yeah, look at that. And it does make it feel almost stale already. And we're only at issue 7 of 12. So we'll see how it goes. But what would you give it? The thing is, I gave it a 7 out of 10 on the site because I do enjoy the artness a lot. I think like I'm going to go is, 7. I say it's going through its paces a little monotonous at times, but it is giving me something that I do enjoy with the characters, the way they're presented. I just wish there would be more progression to this. I could go down to a 6.8 out of 10. I think I will. But I'm it's still a, a good story overall. It's just not as engaging as it once was because we keep doing the same things. Well, at one point, we actually were telling people, you should read this. Check it out, whatever. I'm, I'm, pa- I'm not doing that now. I'm not going to say like, should. I, I'm saying this is, I got to wait for something big to happen then to say, okay, you should read this again. If somebody was just like going, hey, should I read that now? Eh, you know. Depending on who it is, I don't think that this is a automatic recommend must read. No, absolutely not. This is just a okay book if you have a room on your pull list or whatever. I like just okay books at times, though. Fine, and but I do like Jason the, Todd. Yeah, and it just it just doesn't feel important anymore. It doesn't feel big, and it seems like it's kind of lost its way a bit, and it's meandering in this middle deal. So I I need an issue where I'm like, oh my god, maybe it is to see Bloom almost get miracle. Maybe it is something where. We're revealed the plans behind the plans behind the plans and all that stuff with it. And then I could say, okay, we're back. We're going. But, but right I will now, tell you that next issue, robbing still. Batman does not make me think, man, I got to read this book because I don't need more Batman, especially in a book that shouldn't have Batman in it. Yeah, that almost feels like you're just doing this so you can put Batman on the cover to sell it. And and I just, no, you have a pretty interesting story. And all around, even when you had batman confront jason and jason says like this city isn't just yours and by the way your nonsense and leave me alone i got stuff to do and i'm not going to give it up seemed like okay we had the batman stuff let's go but we'll see how it goes we'll see how robbing batman ends up it usually doesn't end up well it's what i hear it doesn't 
then again, I mean, the thing that we always do. Does it not work out? He seems to get things stolen from him all the time. I, I don't know, but. With all of that, we have one last book, Eric. What is that? Suicide Squad number 15, the finale, written by Dennis Hopeless, with art by Jesus Moreno, Eduardo Pensica, Julio Ferreira, Matt Herms, Marcelo Mayalo, and Wes Abbott. And in this issue, our finale issue, what we left off previously was Rick Flagg is somehow, some way, some why, continuing the Suicide Squad, even though he doesn't seem to be a government-funded organization anymore, and they had to blow up Bell Rev because of this, and I have no idea why, but Rick Flagg still wants to do good with the villains that he has, even though he should just go back and be a part of Argus, because why wouldn't he, or the military, or just go off and do stuff his own, because he just has a bunch of villains with him, and now they need to be funded. In the last issue, they keep losing at things, so now they need to have some proper funding to get things going forward, to do some real work. Like, I don't even know who, where or why they're going to, like, how they're going to get missions to go on, because how are they going to know what's going on? Because usually... The United States government will go to Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller will say, here, go on this mission because it's what the Argus and the United States government want you to do. You are a task force X. You are the suicide squad. Go and do this. I don't know what they're trying to do, but in order to do it, we're going to kidnap Lex Luthor and force him to give us a bunch of money. And that's that's the funny thing about this. You have Dennis Hopeless is writing this. This this issue and the issue before, when he seemed to have jumped on, this book took a nosedive. And I'm yes. not saying it was the best book, but it really did. This issue sucks. And the idea that I think it sucks even more is the idea that he's playing the game where you don't have to wait. You, you just said the big thing. Like, what does this mean? There's no government. De- like, there's no test where that. So the idea that you need something to spe- he's never going to do that. So he just gags it up. It doesn't make sense. You can't just play this knowing you don't have any other issues to not worry about it. This does not make sense. The idea that Rick Flagg is trying to fund a test for sex that isn't any sort of test. It's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. So he's just going to have jokes. It's a gag comic. Where you end up having everybody yelling. And it does it, play a lot like the Task Force Z, but at least in the Task Force Z, we saw that the characters that we care about, our main team in that, are capable. They get their job done. When they find the people they're doing, they kill them, bring them back to base. And this one is like, okay, let's break off in this teams of two. We're going to go after Lex Luthor and do all these individual things to try to grab them. And all we see is our freaking heroes or our just main characters in this failing over and over again with a big old joke of how they joke. fail and Lex Luthor doing this. And I just, even Lex feels weird here for how nonchalant he's acting about all of this. Yeah, he seems like it's like, oh, look at these pests, these gnats. Uh, no, no, no. And and so it ends up, this ends up feeling like suddenly it went from a book. Like, again, the book took wonky turns. The War for a Three was terrible. But at one point we liked the book, but now you've gotten to a point where I think that I care more for the one star squadron than what we got in this issue and that book is nonsense it does not feel like suddenly it's out of continuity suddenly it's nothing and you end up where in and you said and i agree test for c in this has a kind of similar theme but that in test for c you have a two-face desperately trying to keep the only thing he's got going on with this Task Force z zombies top and lying about it, knowing that he's not really on the up and up this tries to make it seem like it's it's fully on the up and up, but then wants to play gags with it, including ambush bug, just ambush bugging the shit. Not as much this issue, but still him being there is ridiculous, but it ends up just being a gag. It ends up being a jokey book where you're ending a series that we did like for the character work. And the characters that we got, and now you're just... Well, that's the thing. All the characters we like are fucking on Earth 3, and the clever that we like there 
you know, the, the playoff of that she had with Talon. Talon died, became a ghost, went to fucking heaven or hell, just moved on to the next life. But Clever is just a ghost here with dead man powers. Doesn't make any sense. And even when you have Ambush Bug and a strange Bizarro boy that they grabbed in the last issue because for some reason Lex doesn't care that we have Bizarros out and about still, which was a big deal previous to him. When you have them teleport in to try to grab Lex, it doesn't even go with the arc going on here because you have Ambush Bug say, not a bird, not a plane, it's Ambush Bug, and a weirdly naked Bizarro boy who refused to put on his pants. And I look at the Bizarro boy, he is fully clothed, and I have no idea what the hell he's talking about, but it doesn't matter, and Lex Luthor doesn't seem concerned that there's, like, you know, more Bizarros out there, or even the idea that the agenda might still be out there who was making these match Superboy clones, and even Superboy clones on top of that whole thing because of who Lex is being part DNA of Superboy might be concerned about this, but doesn't care, but some of the force field and walks away, and it feels so weird. Because it's, oh, look at me, I'm Lex, I stop you when you try to do this, and ha ha ha, you're nonsense. And so you end up where, the weird thing is, you're ending a book that at, at some point, I would guess in these 15 issues, you're supposed to take it seriously, you're supposed to think of this team and whatnot, and now you're just showing that they're nonsense, nothing. But not even playing out the idea of, oh, they don't have Amanda Waller to, to run it, that's why, they're, they're, they're just nonsense, and it's just joke after joke of oh man we got to take down lex oh man we can't we tried to get him on his yacht oh he was waiting we got him in the the sand trap oh man she wasn't good and him just walking around going oh take care of that then at one point i thought it was the stripes uh a vehicle at the one point it isn't but it kind of reminds me where he's there doing that and he's like oh look at this armored vehicle and then they pop in oh let me demonstrate like everything's a joke in this don't end a book as a joke it reminds me, first off, it brings up the ideas. Are we ever going to get a Suicide Squad book that gets to, like, issue 20 anymore? We even had that Tom Taylor run that everybody seems to love after issue the run? fact, 11 issues. Now we get 15 that was only extended, in my mind, because it was involved in War of the, for Earth 3. And so is this book where you just have to put it away for a while, especially coming into this and even that Revolutionaries one, the Tom Taylor deal, where you couldn't even explain how they came out of that awful checkmate, how, you know, the whole deal with the event Leviathan, it didn't make sense. And then even with this, you have Amanda Waller skedaddle. It's always that it doesn't make sense, this book. And then especially, we need funding. Funding for what? I mean, if you wanted to set up something, set up that Rick Flag is so pissed off for them being, you know, dicked around all this time, that they start the Rick Flag squad. They are going to do it themselves. Fuck the government. Fuck Argus. We're going to do this ourselves. Then you would say, okay, I get it. You need some funding. Maybe they're like the A-team. Play it up. I don't know. But the idea that you're trying to play it on one hand as being a serious ending to then jokes or whatever, aren't you supposed to end a book like this to hope that things might continue or go yeah. on? Because the, the way so this ends. This thread? Yeah, the way this ends, you're like, fuck this, when only the only thing that you get at the end is interesting, but we've already played this with Batman Inc. lately, the idea that Lex might want a Task Force Lex. If that's what you're going to do, why didn't you have that a couple issues ago, him say, hey, I kind of want you as a group, I want to try you out, that would make more sense. But even then... I would love to see a Task Force Lex. Yeah, and so you, you use that at the end to go, man, that'd be awesome, but I'm telling you, I don't want Dennis Hopeless involved oh, no. at all. Uh, I don't want anybody that was involved at this point because even with that, you know, you did have like Robbie. Was it? Was it? Ro- who was doing Robbie it Thompson. before? Robbie Thompson was. 
So I, I, I don't know that I want him now because nothing led to well, anything. He didn't set up until stuff. I, in it my did. mind, Dennis Hopeless started co-writing with him. Ambush Bug came in and we're on the road to yeah, War Thunder 3. Yeah, you have that. But, I mean, he was still co-writing it. He had to have, have some say on his book. And when you got the War for Earth 3, I think you kind of realized that Robbie, Robbie Thompson didn't really set up things very well going towards that. Well, even for so our maybe finale we just need here, something the new. idea is we got to kidnap Lex Luthor and all of our Suicide Squad members individually get captured by Lex to the force field at LexCorp. And we find out that the plan all along was to take, for some reason, all of Bloodsport's multiversal brothers who have been left with them to take up jobs at LexCorp as janitors to be litter them through all throughout the building and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, and Lex is so stupid to let it go, which is ridiculous. But yeah, then but he... for some reason, we just have to have one in place where Calabra's ghost is possessing him, and then she comes out and possesses Lex until Lex overthrows her inside of her and puts on a gigantic Lex power suit to where our team overthrow this Lex because they freaking, you know, looks like a boom tube to a degree. But it is. It's ambush portal. They ambush bug teleport in a army of Superboy clones, even though in the previous issue they had a bunch of them coming after them, but they only got one, the one that we saw originally. But now we have an army of them to take down Lex. And it's almost like, oh, you just passed the test. Now, like, I will fund you, Task Force Lex. So everything that we need to do here is such a weird situation. Everybody needs to get captured, but make it look like we're losers, even though we're not. And then Lex even overcomes a fucking dead man style ghost somehow. But we just have to make sure that Lex is here. Why did we need all of friggin', you know, Bloodsport's brothers throughout the building when we I just did one we brother didn't. in this one specific spot nope, where the fucking clever inside of him? You ended up playing this game where, you know, Dennis Hopeless is trying to, oh, look, I know this. Even at the beginning, it infuriated me where you have a full page where most of the art doesn't change except for the background with these brothers. And it ends up being, man, they're damn annoying. What are we going to do? Why can't we send them back? I'm like, what are you playing with? This is what you kind of, just nonsense. And all I wanted for this finale because Rick Flagg spent most of this series putting together his own Task Force X to go up against Amanda Waller's Suicide Squad, and in that team he had Cheetah and Lor Zod, you know, the son of General Zod, who, before Earth, the War for Earth 3 could even start, Star gets sucked into the Phantom Zone. I wanted him to have some kind of loyalty to them and try to get the rest out of the Phantom Zone, because he put them there essentially by putting this team together, and now they're just gone, and I have no idea why. Yeah, so the whole thing you're going through this and the big play at the beginning was... Hey, uh, Suicide Squad, you think that you're good? You're a bunch of losers. I don't like... And then at the end, the big rah-rah moment, we took you down, Lex, us, a bunch of losers. I mean, who's high-fiving or anything in this issue? Like, you just passed the test. Oh, man, I can't believe it. That was uh, This book is garbage, and it has been, and it just is a shame that it ended this way with a really down Warfare 3 and then into this, like, pretty much. Hey, Robbie Thompson, you can go home now. We'll let Dennis Hopeless just fudge this up even more and then end in a way that is just nonsense. I mean, it but really. I do want a good writer to come in later on. I want to see on a cover of a book later on, Task Force Lex as the yeah, title of the book. Yeah, I mean, that's a cool right idea. Away, you throw every character away here for that. You don't have to throw everyone away, but pretty much all I really need is like Rick Flag and maybe Mirror Master because he was cool, but just start afresh and show us a Task Force Lex that is capable. And not joking around with ambush bug the entire time and take it seriously. The idea that Lex is going around, he wanted to get Batman Inc. That didn't work out. You could end up with Lex being the same as what Amanda Waller was doing. I'm tired of losing. I'm going to end up doing this. And Lex could be like, well, you know what? Because when it is intriguing, I'd love it if we could kind of tie it all in, even with what's going on with Bendix stuff in oh, the, yeah, the Superman, John, Son of the Superman yeah. Son of Kal-El. This would make sense that Lex would try to get a team 
on the slither in case things go sideways because it already has started because doing of the that. rising yeah and the rising and realizing Maybe you know this is. is getting a little further away from me have it be like he's starting his own program with this you have when you you end up having the bizarro deal that were lex clones going with that you have to have more of that hitting in the issue because this would be something that lex over what the heck is going on and try to and it just is there for gags, like I kept saying. And it just, it, it kind of is infuriating. I like the art, but this yeah, book has, this book has gone way south. Like, even in the point when we have Dr. Rodriguez, who I want to call Sandstorm, even though I think there's another character called Sandstorm, you know, the character we had who was just injected with metahuman gene and became a, a sand fucking monster for Earth, War for Earth 3. She's you know still what, like Sandy? Yeah, whatever, maybe. But, like, the idea that when she's going after Lex on the golf course, Lex just happens to have a guy with him who has a leaf blower slash vacuum that takes whatever it sucks into into a force field on its back and easily dispatches. I'm like, why do you have that guy right there? What does he do besides, like, you know, expect sand monsters? I'm telling you, the guy is going around also the, the idea where I think Dennis Hovos thinks he's so clever, where it's like, oh, thanks, Jerry. And then you're like, oh, who's Jerry? Oh, this is just a new guy. Oh, man, it's like one of those, like a Kevin. And the man, I hope we see more Jerry. Like, what is Jerry doing? At one point, he's just kind of pushing leaves around, and then he's there to like, no, this doesn't work. It's so goofy. But this book, it wasn't goofy at one point. And again, you're going to a dark crisis that we want to see these different teams. People arguing about the Justice League, things like that. I would love to see a really kick-ass Suicide Squad that's involved in the whole deal of like a Rick Flag saying. Hey, guys, you know, this whole Suicide Squad, this test, it really screwed us. But the world's coming to an end. Let's stay together and, and fight this. We're pretty good. Let's say But you're not going to get that. And anyway, all you'd have is Calabra. She'd end up, you know, going into Pariah, taking them over in some way that we still don't understand. And then when's the day? Calabra wins Dark Crisis. There's just no real forethought put behind the writing of this. No, we never even got an explanation of how things are working in this book. And then it just became a thing that just... You overdid it. You overdo Calabra as a ghost and ambush bug. That's all they do. Every problem solved by those two doing nonsense that is just nonsense. Again, ambush bug, we know what he, because it's nonsense and he always is. And you, it's just magic. It's whatever. But Calabra doing it as well and being that, you know, wishing machine almost. It's a ghost machine, Eric. And you end up just nonsense. Uh, what do you give this at the end? I like the concept of Task Force Lex a lot to end on, even though I didn't like this book at all. And I think the art's great, but overall, I'm not a fan of the story that we've gotten it for the longest time. Like the idea that you have two issues to finish this up after a war, a, a war for Earth 3. And it just became this weird goofball situation that Dennis Hopeless just proved that he didn't understand the world that he was writing or didn't have any reasons to do anything that he was doing. It's very disappointing. I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10, but not a fuck you 5 because I'm giving it the a fuck art's you five. great. And I, I like, like the, the art. Idea I don't care. Force Lex. Dennis Hopeless gets the fuck you 5 because this is nonsense. And like you said, and I wasn't going to give it until you started saying. And again, you had two issues to try to give us something because you have a lot of loose ends. You have a lot of things that could have been explained. You, could, you even have things that are these personal deals, Calabra and wanting to go to heaven. You have a lot of things set up. Ambush bug getting the hell out. Calabra didn't even get to go to heaven. No. And so you had some things where all I wanted her to do to was live. Two, <laughs> two issues here where you could have, for the people who have read every issue, Give a little, you know, a little solid for them for sticking with it and give us some closure. Give us some good character moments. Get back to the character moments that was the shining thing of the series. 
Instead, you get out of Earth 3 and basically Dennis Hopeless comes in and says, all right, let me fuck around and make jokes and things like that. You're basically just kicking everybody who read this in the balls to have nonsense. And that's bullshit. And I don't want him around anymore. I ended up having to deal with this shit at Marvel and didn't like it as much there either. Again, he wasn't a closer like Mariana Rivera here, Eric. He wasn't a great closer. And he ended up fudging it up. But with that, that's that. Night we could just just let it go. Sail in the sunset. The funny thing about it, again, though, that's you wanted to have maybe Clebra go and try to figure out, you know, maybe have some scene where she's burying, I don't know, Talon's off doing his thing. But maybe there's some way you could get some feels out of that. Make us know a little more of how this is going with that. Who? See that she bought an owl and it's just there going, who? That's right, Talon. And he's still, she's talking to him. God, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that Dennis Hopeless even understands what these characters were or why we would have liked them in the past. He's just here. What? Ambush Bug does this. And then there's a ghost and then Lex. And I think that at the end, what gets me angry, oh man, Tess versus Lex. That sounds like a cool idea. I think that that's just him a joke. That's the only good thing that we had it's, here. It's up. such a weird idea right now where I'm, I'm pissed off in the Wonder Woman book because it seems like Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad have no idea of Dead Man's powers and just give him all these off-the-wall fucking powers that doesn't make any sense to the story. And here I'm just mad the Clever's ghost has Dead Man powers the way they should be. <laughs> but still, somebody, everybody can still see it for some reason. Yeah, again, but there's there was no we, – we don't even know how it works. How can we fuck up ghosts so bad in this goddamn DC universe right now? I don't know. You're a ghost hunter, and there you are. You tell me. You're Mr. Yeah, right. Witch Priest. I mean, seriously, doing your exorcisms. Uh, but with all of that, I'd rather do that than exercises. Well, well that is true. We, you don't do any exercises. You know, kegels. Uh, what are we kegels. giving away? What are you giving your book of the week? My book of the week is Flashpoint Beyond Number One. That is mine as well. That was a pretty good book. Check it out. Even if you heard some things or actually, you know, at the beginning, eh, I don't really need that whatnot. It, it seems like a pretty cool story. Pretty cool way to put your pants on in the morning is what I say, Eric, when I do it. like the way you unzip your pants, huh? Flashpoint Beyond's not a belt or suspenders. Oh, it isn't. Suspenders. Cool well, what are you? Suspenders Saturday morning. Are these rainbow suspenders that you have in a propeller hat? What are you? What are you, my dad? At one point, my big I don't want to shame him. He's dead like collateral. Uh, he ended up having rainbow suspenders. And I went over and I go over to the house. I'm like, I, I, I don't know what you're doing, Dad. I mean, <laughs> and with that, it, he, just this big guy with those, he looked like one of those twins that were riding on those mini bikes back in the day, the big fat <laughs> guys. But yet with the rainbow, I'm like, you even look worse. Like, I didn't know this was possible, father. <laughs> father of mine. But you, you, you look this the Williams guy? He's got these cool yeah, suspenders. I'm telling you, yeah. He's like, oh, my God. And that next thing, and then he goes, Nanny, excuse Nanny, son. me. I'm like, no, that's not Robert Williams. Come on. Nanu, nanu. He didn't say nanu nanu. He said like lunch meat, lunch meat. I, I don't know. Give me what I want. <laughs> he just ends up. But I remember he had those suspenders. I was. You can't be more embarrassed of somebody that you're set, but yet he did it. My mother, my mother did walked it, down to where I was pulled over by a cop, tried to bribe the cop while she was wearing a hot pink cowgirl hat. Now that sounds sexy. I, I get that. That's pretty bad. Maybe we, this is why we get along so well. I mean, I remember like stuff where my dad at one point cop, I came. I'm telling you, this sounds like bullshit on the list of things that never happened. But I swear to God, you, the cop after this altercation actually apologized for yeah, pulling apologized me over. Yeah, apologized to you. Yeah, yeah, with that because yeah. of what I have to deal with. 
he pulled you over, but did he pull out? Eric? I don't know. That's a weird I ended up say. at one point, not that it was embarrassing, but I still, it gets me mad. Anytime I bring anything up with my dad was the day we had a hockey game and I'm looking for my jersey and he was out changing the oil and using my jersey to wipe the dipstick. I'm like, what are you doing? That's my jersey. It's like, oh, this piece of shit. What a jerk. What a jerk. And then he threw it at you and said, fine, you wipe the dipstick. And he meant you. Yeah, really. That was the weirdest thing, though, is I, I had to grab it and go to the game. And it just stunk of oil and stuff. I was leaving for the game. I couldn't find the jersey. Thank God I had the BO, though. Thank you, Dad. That is true. I didn't really. Why, why wash a jersey? It's best. It's so always it to your stink. benefit to really stink. Well, why do you have to smell good for the opponents? I don't no, know. It's not for them. It's for me. Oh, for you. Okay. Well, that didn't go through my mind, Eric. But. We have a bunch of books next week. I don't know. The plethora. I don't know. They might have been upset about it, but hey, they smelt oil. Uh, So with all of this, we have uh, these books coming up. I'll mention them in a second. Two of these books will be picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew, in a poll that's on the Patreon. Each week the poll goes up and the top two books end up being featured in our Patreon-only Badass Spotlight podcast. Rolls off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue. I did it pretty good there. I wasn't even reading off of something. I don't know if I said it right, but just to give a shout-out again, we did Monkey Prince number four, Anubia Coronation special number one. I thought I said Thursday, but maybe we're doing a Tuesday night this time. I don't know, Eric. I'm not not telling. What am I, some kind of soothsayer? We did. We talked a lot of the Nubia Coronation special. We got, you know, in detail with that and what we really thought it should have been maybe and whatnot. And Monkey Prince, where you actually said that you thought it was the best issue of Monkey Prince so far. I wasn't as convinced, but you did did end up. And then we had, I don't know, some really great impersonations of the people of Amnesty Bay. They're not the nicest of people, Eric, but they say some weird things going off there. But these are the books. Again, two of these will be on the spotlight. Batgirls number six. Hey, you like that Bondo? I don't like anything about that Batgirls I will tell you this, though. I felt less angry about the Batgirls stealing Bondo since I saw Batman steal somebody's motorcycle in Batman Killing Time this week. But he did leave that guy $97,000. He left the guy $97,000 in an envelope laying in the parking lot. That, that's not good, <laughs> Batman. I'm going out of that bar for a smoke seeing that, and that's going right in my pocket. I'm going home. I mean, I'm looking at that. That people would like, here's the weird thing about me. This is just me. I, I see that. Now it's just an envelope. So you're picking it up. I mean, you're not stealing anything. You don't know. Fuck no, this paper on the ground. That ain't shit. I pick it up. I see $97,000 in it. I don't even know what that even looks like, okay? It's just a fucking bunch of money. This would end up freaking me out where I know how I am. I would want to leave, but then I'm thinking it's a test. First off, I might be on like candid camera. It's like one of those things of, will he do it? And Yeah, I'll do it. But then I would think that this is a setup to get me killed or something. And I would take that money. I'd go home. And probably be so paranoid with that. I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do with it. Also, you can't really put it in the bank because you have no way to prove it. Like, eh, I don't want to pay taxes. That's mattress money. I don't want to pay taxes. That's what I do. I'm going out there and buying some gold. No. Right now, not to <laughs> let you know. I mean, people could go, but I have some mattress money going on at, the, the, at this moment because I ended up where Rafe had to end up giving us money to pay a credit card bill or whatever. But I don't want Tanya to get that money, but I don't really want to go and put it in the bank. So it's in the mattress, Eric. It's there waiting. The mattress money. You should put it in your sofa just like your grandparents Everybody's did. been looking. Well, that's my bed, Eric. So, yeah, you, you said exactly what it is. Also, I ha- end up, we got that new credit card, and I'm trying to hide it 
from everybody and I, I have that and again this is me i get paranoid so i have to keep changing the pair <laughs> i'm so still no way to, like i'm telling you just make sure that you have pants with pockets on it put it in your wallet and keep your wallet in your pants well the wallet though is too easy for them like it might no i mean keep it on you well i know i had it in my pocket for the most part and just today i thought you know what i'm i'm always dancing around and doing crazy shit that <laughs> it's gonna yeah, fall it's gonna fall out like, I, I mean, everybody, you know, you do the old-time rock and roll Tom Cruise there. I'm sliding across things, running into the wall and hurting myself. Gross. Yeah, so I ended up wanting to put it there. I, I hid it there. Worst part is I know you don't wear underwear. No, I do not. I, I go just like the bizarro boy. Me and Commando. Yeah, but he said he goes Commando. I end up, I'm hiding the credit card uh, here. I'm just letting everybody know it's under my keyboard here down in the basement. Eric, that's where I hid it. And I'll forget it's there, and then there'll be trouble. Batgirl's number six, though. I remember when we talked about Batgirl's number five, it actually seemed like they were getting a little more focused. Oh, yeah, we took the Saints off the, out of the picture for the yeah, last Yeah, so I think that, that we actually, in a weird way, I think we liked that last issue more than the others, but it's still not a book. I still want it with a new artist and a new writing team. Yeah, yeah, I'm with that. I, I, it's weird because I never thought of Jorge Corona as somebody that I didn't like, but in this one, it's too frenetic. The art for a story that's very scattered and it makes me feel like I'm going insane. We also end up having Batman Urban Legends number 15. We're going to continue the Zatanna deal with the Batmans, right? You know, that nonsense. They're fading away, Eric. And then we also I'm have. I'm going to forget about it when I start reading the book until one panel under like it'll see through. I know. Yeah. And then we also have the Birds of Prey that's going to okay. continue with the Dream app, whatever that was called. Oh, and fuck yeah, also. Also, the shit. Super Pets, one of the most miserable stories I've ever read one ever. Shot. Right? <laughs> yeah. And also, oh, what is? I thought you were saying the <laughs> no, Super no, Pet. No, no, I agree, but no. And I've seen, I've seen some pictures from this. It's a one shot. It's a Plastic Man, Batman thing. And I I'm know you're gonna be like, oh, great. But with that, it's weird when you go to read it. I hope that the art changes a little. And it's uh, Joey Esposito doing it. One of the guys that we used to like. I used to listen to was a guy who did the IGN comic book podcast and he was in that uh workshop and never really had something come from that so i'm looking forward to seeing what he does in this the problem is is when you go into it the way that i saw it in this preview the art looks exactly like the batman satana deal and it's it, it, i i wish that it was a little more cartoony with the whole deal with plastic man but that's just me and that's just an aside but yeah you have that so plastic man that might be okay right we'll do that yeah, i hope so i'm done that's the one i'm looking forward to the most right now now with that there's a couple of other things coming out that we don't necessarily talk about one of them that i think is interesting they're going to have a batman the night compendium edition number one and i believe it's a re-release of the first issue but it also ends up it has a backup that is a sneak peek into chip Zdarsky's run coming up so if you're interested in that that might be something but again we already talked about that also, Blood Syndicate Season 1, if you're doing the Milestone stuff, that's a Jeffrey Thorne the coming Milestone out. Milestone came out. Yeah, when it does. But we also, in books we cover, back to that, Eric, I Am Batman Number 9, a book that we really, really enjoy, and I hope to continue doing that. The hell is, what the hell is this, the serial killer's name that we saw I, I think he's the, uh, oh, that's Man Ray. The Man Ray. <laughs> Man Ray. <laughs> I just want to call him the artiste, because I think he's an asshole. He as well. Yeah, you're an asshole. But yeah, we're looking forward to that. We have Man now. Ray. We said two books get picked by the Did badasses. Did you say Superman's on a kill 
That's coming up, Eric. We're still at the I Am Batman here. We have Justice League, Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes number three. Bendis book that I think everybody that just heard me say that go, oh, oh, that's that's a thing thing (laughs) that's really going on still. Yes, it is, and that's coming out in the Great Darkness, which feels weird. But we're also getting the origin of the Gold Lantern for anybody who cares. (laughs) And with that, you also have Naomi season two number three. Oh yeah, that's a thing, is it? And I think that maybe... You think she shut down that portal in time when Cyborg told her to shut it down? I don't think so. I think that the way Bendis plays, we'll get three issues of that. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. I think that she'll be kind of wondering. It's my first day. But yeah, those two books, both uh, Bendis books, I have a feeling that might be our spotlight. The Bendis breakdown on Patreon Spotlight. We'll see how it goes. Uh, also, then, Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 11. Will we find out that Jay Nakamura is, in fact, like Eric Shea said, the evilest of evil? He cannot be trusted. But who can? You ended up saying, is it that can he be trusted to maybe babysit? Is he <laughs> going to be trusted with your bank account numbers? I don't know. Don't who trust is, anybody. Right? And then the best book of the week, the book I'm looking forward to. A lot of people laughed when it was announced, but I'm telling you, I'm weirdly looking we forward to, to book of the week for next week the jurassic league number one and i think that i am in right in there with the something that we just go in to have fun are they gonna walk the dinosaur i was gonna say maybe we can read <laughs> be weird it's but the jurassic yeah league. and so we have the jurassic league and again maybe we need that side book that's just goofy and fun right now what if the justice league was a dinosaur <laughs> this is gonna be awesome and then you end up having wonder woman 787 you mentioned earlier the clune rad uh i saw that uh michael w conrad ended up laughing on his twitter saying oh it's so cool that people call us the clune rad i hope that it's not a diss i'm like it is it is here (laughs) go with that there you go but yeah there we'll go into that and what i saw we're going to get a little bit of all tomb whatever what is this like phrase it's like all All tomb The survivor. It was it's something. There was something. The something. All tomb the something. I just remember him talking about his Anki people. Yeah. He's like, my Anki, my Wanky. <laughs> there we go again. It's all Don't going downtown. Ah, oh, yes, Eric. I can't believe you brought that up. No more Anki, my Anki. Ah, oh, but we're going to do that and all that stuff. So we'll see how all tomb ends up ending up his journey, possibly. I hear that it ends, Eric. But with all of that, Weird. I hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight. We got a little bit loosey-goosey, had a little fun there, and I think that that's what it's all about when you're trying to skewer things. So at the end, everybody go off to Twitter. I know. Go to Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. You can talk to us on Twitter. You can do all these things, including uh, where I was going to reveal this week. I was going to start <gasps> our Tweet of the Week. Okay. That's what I was going to do. That is, but okay. Just whoever had the best tweet of the week that ended up tweeting stuff with us and whatnot. And I did have a sound effect for it, and I forgot, but I'll, I'll do whoop, whoop. Does that sound like the Twitter? Whoop, whoop. It was actually Nikki Gabagool. It was Nikki Gabagool at Kodiak138, and you'll laugh because it's something that we got involved with where he said, <laughs> the funniest line I've ever heard on the show is when both of you were talking Wonder Woman Evolution. And the, and the drawing of her was awful, and Eric said in complete seriousness and disgust, she looks like Sylvester Stallone, and I'm not all about that. And then I'm he not said about he's still that. laughing from that. So that was my Ever since that tweet came in, I keep saying that to Jessica. Whoop, whoop. That's the deal. 
So maybe we'll start up. So everybody, you have to go over to Twitter and talk to us about things and whatnot. Maybe you could be featured in that great new section that we had, the Tweet of the Week. Every, everybody's begging. Everybody's begging. Everybody's begging to be on there. Next thing you know, Manship thinks that's a phrase that we end up doing. Oh, man, my favorite phrase is weep, whoop. You are all weirdos. Oh, my God, Eric. I didn't mean to hit that. I meant to, <laughs> weep, whoop. I meant to hit that. Oh. <sighs> What what number uh, is this? 422. 422. Here's my typing. That's me on Twitter. But with all that, yeah, thank you. Nikki Gabagoo. The show's over. I'm done with this. Maybe, maybe I'll end up uh, next week. I'll, I'll get it a little more official, and we'll have our tweet of the week. Just something a little better. It's funny because on the Marvel thing, we end up having our gem of the week, which you don't no, want any parts of, but thing. you also don't want the cover of the week because you don't care about covers. I needed something to get everybody involved, and that's what that was. And one last thing, Eric. One last thing. Besides me accidentally playing the out there, go read comics. Make sure and one of the things that Eric did bring up earlier that I think you should is that DC Universe Last Will and Testament. It is a really good story, so just as a shout-out. At the end of there to maybe get in tune with Geo Force Deathstroke action versus Deathstroke, and maybe that'll come into play. That's a pretty cool call out there. But (laughs) (laughs) no more Anki, my Anki, Eric. What do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. See you in seven. See you in seven. Cody Comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.